I gave her a Montreal screw job. She hated it. It was awesome. <laughs> trying to think of what that would entail. I don't even know. Like you, you come first. Yeah. And then you just like spit in her face. Yeah. <laughs> you come you come in a uh, in a in a jar and like pour some steak seasoning. <laughs> oh my god. Screwdriver. The Montreal screwdriver. And the whole time like you're Do you have Montreal screwdriver seasoning? Yeah. I'm trying to think of other elements of like your roommate or something was not in on it. <laughs> But they heard everything. <laughs> Your roommate swears on their adopted children. That nothing, nothing terrible will happen. Hey everybody, and welcome to Retromania, retrospective pro wrestling podcast where we romanticize, fantasize, watch and review your favorite or not so favorite storylines, matches, events, and feuds of your pro wrestling entertainment, sports entertainment, fandom, whatever you want to call it, Jack. Call it what you will. <laughs> uh, join us for our bi-weekly first season, The Origin of Attitude. That's what we're here for right now. And uh, we are the hosting squad. Hosting squad. I am uh, Kobe Nida, and now, as always, I'm joined by... Jimmy Price. Yes. Yes, indeed. We're here. We're back. Yep. And we're going to be catching up with the month of October. Yeah. Yeah. Double dose of... Uh, stuff going on hope you guys like the last action-packed episode uh, that was covering one night only anything else we want to add to that good episode yeah i mean we're back i mean do you want to talk about your uh your performance at the last dcw show that i don't i mean you don't want to put yourself over i'll put you over okay because i'm the i'm the commentator that's what i do anyway but kobe here uh uh Performed in the, uh, he was in the opening match. Did a nice little ten-minute Broadway uh, into the main event. Uh, and did you, you hurt? Did you hurt your leg in the opening match? Or yes, the main I did. Yeah. At the beginning of the, uh, no, the beginning of the main event. The beginning Sorry. of the main event. Yeah. Yeah. I tore a calf and uh, Oof. just kept rolling with it. Yeah. But we finished it up and it was a nice uh, event. I got hit in the head with the belt. Yeah. So I got screwed over on that one. Yeah. Yeah. You'll be back. Didn't get the championship, but we got a, a fantasy. Former fantasy champion here. That's right, Jimmy yeah. Bryce. Yeah. yeah, the once, uh, the once and future uh, JEFFL championship. I'm six and two right now. I'm coming for the belt, brother. Ooh, yeah. All right, hot yeah. and heavy in the season again. <laughs> uh, we're we're catching up with uh, September right now. We're gonna cover the 227 episode of Raw Is War. That's September 29th, 1997. Yeah. Then we're gonna cover Bad Blood. Yes. Hell in the cell, call it what you must. <laughs> and uh, then we're going to do the follow-up episode, uh, Raw 228. And uh, that's October 6, 1997. So, yep, Heavy we're, show. We're catching up with all the uh, four players here. This is kind of a, a lull before we hit the uh, big event, you know? Yeah. Survivor Series is where everything culminates uh, for our storyline, but... Uh, this is this is interesting. I mean, a couple firsts and a couple breakthrough um, things happen. Yeah, you had some you had some triumph uh, in the ring in the form of the the Hell in a Cell match, one of the, one of my favorite matches of all time. Uh, and you had some you had some tragedy uh, that we'll uh, touch on as well. Uh, some real life tragedy, unfortunately. 
Um, it's an interesting time, uh, but yeah, in many ways, the calm before the storm. Yeah. And if you want to go back, you can follow the whole storm, track its uh, weather pattern. That's right. Uh, that is Retromania. Track the coordinates, brother. <laughs> track the coordinates of Retromania, brother. You're going to go to a moleholeradio.com. You can find us there, and uh, we're on iTunes, any other podcast you want. Uh, feed yeah you can get us anywhere yeah put us in your ear yeah i started using podcast addict as my uh pod catcher of choice okay it's i i had been using stitcher and stitcher is just a pile of dog shit okay uh so not to i don't know maybe i shouldn't be burying bod podcasts it's okay catchers on our podcast uh but to be fair i couldn't even find ours on stitcher but yeah podcast addict is very nice. I, nice. I, I recommend it if you're uh, an Android user and you don't have the benefit of uh, iTunes. Nice. And I do search us on iTunes and yeah. we're up there sometimes and then yeah. we're not. And then I'm confused and I'm like, hey. But I find us in the top of the uh, the list. That's, so at least some right. people are listening, I yeah, think, I yeah. hope. One place you'll always find us, moholeradio.com. Exactly. Guaranteed. All right, before we get started, let's um let's hop into what was relevant right now at this time in yes. the world. We're going to do the Billboard ending for October 4th since we're right around that corner. Yep. Um yep. the top was Seasons of Loneliness, Boys to Men, they made a little comeback. Wow, yeah. yeah. Didn't wasn't expecting to see them at the top of the charts this late yeah. in 97. And uh Mariah Carey's Honey Oh man! And then Usher, of course, you make me wanna. Yeah, that was the hit. That was that was his breakout hit, right? Yep. yep. Yeah. And uh, how do I live, Leanne Rhymes? <laughs> of course, that's a classic. Yeah. Uh, movies that are out at the time, we're gonna have to go with um, the Peacemaker. That was uh, Val Kilmer and Nicole Kidman. Kidman, I think. Yeah. Or, or uh, I think one of those, that- but. Uh, no, George Clooney or, or Nicole Kidman, anyhow. But yeah. I, I remember renting it as a kid, thinking it would be good, and it was boring. Yeah, it uh, just screams fall box office lull. You know. Yeah. Um, another one is The Edge. That's a thriller suspense. That's about the Rocky Mountains and the ice climbing with Sylvester Stallone. I don't oh, know if you ever that seen where, that. Is that where they get stranded? And, yeah, and they have to eat their own poop. No, or is that no, a different no, no, one? no, no, okay. no, 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 no. I remember seeing, okay, okay let, me, let me, a little frame of reference. I remember seeing a movie about some people who get uh, stranded in the snow climbing a mountain and they have to resort to eating their own fecal matter. I saw it on like cable TV probably when I was like right around this age and it had an impact on me because it, I, I don't know, it just like I didn't want to think about stuff like that. So okay. that's why that's why I jumped on that. So Interesting. Different I wonder, movie. I wonder if that's alive. I know they have to eat each other and alive. That but, might be it. Um, that's a group of soccer players. That, yeah, you know what? That might be it. Okay. They maybe just, it's not their poop. They didn't. They just ate each other. Yeah. Maybe my parents told me that they were eating poop <laughs> because they didn't want me to know that they were eating each other. Yeah. That'd oh. be bad. Man, we're breaking new ground today, Kobe. <laughs> awesome. Glad we could help. Another movie that's released around this time, um, one that I really liked was Kiss the Girls. That's Morgan Freeman and Ashley Judd. Nice. Uh, serial killer. Yeah, yeah. It's a good little cop thriller, I guess, if you want. 
to watch something very 90s. Definitely. Morgan Freeman's always good in that role. I loved him in uh, Seven, of course. Yeah. Classic. Yep. Yeah, it's a similar vein. All right, well, let's get into it. This is September 29th, 1997 from the Pepsi Arena in yes. Albany, New York. It's Raw 227. All right. Woo. Let's uh let's go to this intro. That's a hot one. Time to face the music. Yeah. Old Stone Cold. Oh, yeah. He's going to have to answer to Vince tonight. And they make it seem like they're going to face off. Yeah. We'll see. The crowd is wild at the beginning here. Ladies and gentlemen, would you please welcome Shawn Michaels? Wait, I thought it was going to be Vince and Austin, but all of a sudden (laughs) we just get... Him introducing Shawn Michaels. Old HBK, you got to stay tuned for uh, for Austin. Yeah. Shawn out with Triple H, China, and Rude, and they even have a little special pose, uh, China, Triple H, and Shawn Michaels, that is, and they have some fireworks behind them. Yeah. It's cute. Yeah. Vince asks Rude who his beneficiary is, and in this case, Rude responds and saying, Vince may be the one needing the uh, the insurance because uh, Austin is running rampant right yeah. now. Yeah, and then Vince says, of course, uh, the wise ass of the WWF, Shawn Michaels. Shawn <laughs> says he doesn't have to get out of Hell in the Cell and the initial outlaws of the WWF, Triple H, and he came, saw, and kick 
Undertaker's ass. And then he says, Triple H, this is your chance, my friend. And it kind of is, in a way. Yeah. You know? Triple H says, he knows Vince isn't a fan of clicks, but this is one he isn't going to break up. And that Triple H and the click is Triple H, China, and HBK. He doesn't yeah. mention Rude. Yeah, at just all. leaves Rude out completely. Yep. Uh, now he's been sitting in the back for a couple years, and the WWF has spread their legs like some cheap whore for all this so-called superstars. Wow, that's the uh, reference from earlier. I guess Brett got his dates mixed up, but um, yeah, yeah, this happens on this episode. Yeah. Um, Triple H continues by saying, let's face it, you know as well as I do, not one of these guys in the back could lace my boots. So now instead of sitting in the back and letting you try to run things and waiting for my break, I am now taking things in my hands and there is no stopping us now. He said he enjoyed kicking Undertaker's ass. And for now, the ring is in their house. And this is their house of pain. Hmm, they're the original Mark Henry. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, a good little promo from Triple H there, breaking a little, um, breaking a little kayfabe and putting his character out there. Um, so Vince is going over the rules and consequences for the Hell in the Cell match to Sean, and Commissioner Slaughter comes down and he's um, stating he's like spitting in Sean's face and uh, Triple H's, and they're blocking it with the belt. Yeah. And he's saying that he's going to need a luck for the Hell in the Cell match. And they're both, uh, you know, deflecting the spit. And Slaughter says, tonight, Triple H is going to go one-on-one with The Undertaker. Ooh. Yeah. And uh, Triple H and HBK kind of snap and lose their shit. And then all of a sudden, the Heart Foundation's music hits. And the Heart Foundation come out. And Brett is like, hey, boy, toy. Uh, you have more than The Undertaker to worry about. And they're going to start paying for your crimes tonight. You committed some crimes. And uh, Triple H and Sean yeah. uh, do this funny reaction, the scared yeah. face. Yeah, the, but not scared. Yeah, kind of like turning to each other and then turning back. Uh, and that's something that gets, you know, in, in every montage of like the early DX days, it's something that, that always shows up. It's, it's classic reaction. Just straight up mocking the Heart Foundation. And uh, up next, the Bulldog Invader. And then yeah. a security camera shot of the parking lot entrance. This is like one of the first that we get of those. Yeah, yeah, which would become a staple of the Attitude Era. Just like, when's he going to show up? Yep. Uh, we're waiting to see if Austin's going to arrive. Um, Survivor Series, Super Supper Sweepstakes. We get a commercial again um, leading up for that. It looked like a clean-shaven Colonel Sanders that was yeah. the first guy up. But uh, they haven't linked up with KFC yet. So, yeah, no, but... it's not him. <laughs> if anyways that if 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 it were them nowadays they would put uh one of the hottest wrestlers as the kfc yeah person. i mean are we sure it wasn't uh hbk and some very uh <laughs> good prosthetic uh makeup possibly possibly yeah. um we come back from the commercial and they recap the one night only and they bring up the cancer stricken sister again of bulldog wow insult to injury yep uh we recap the match and the knee spot Watch this obnoxious behavior of Sean, says Vince. Awesome. Uh, they replay what Sean Michaels says after the match. They replay all of it. Uh, yeah. 
you know, Diana, this is especially for you, sweetheart. Yeah. Really rubbing that in. Yeah. And uh, this was beneficial for me as a child seeing this because, I, at, like, we didn't get to see it live, you know, but it, it caught me up the week later. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely helps out the U.S. audience. But uh, I always, like, wonder because they, they play all this stuff right as, like, Davey's about to come out. And it's just, like like we were saying, just salt in the wound. And, like, can you imagine, like, any other job where you'd have to, like, go in, like, the next day and have, like, a full video package of, like, your most recent humiliation just playing before you have to go and start your job for the day? Like, like that would be awful. Like, you just, like, walk in and be like, hey, let's go to this, to this video package last before week. Before you start your day. When you spilled your coffee like an asshole in front of everybody. How is that going to affect you today? All right. <laughs> Just like shocking. Yeah. Let's see what happens next. You're like, I'm I'm under a lot of pressure right now. By yeah. the way, you just recapped everything. Poor Davy boy. Um All right. So yeah, um the moment Stone Cold Steve Austin arrives, we will do what we have to do. Notwithstanding, Vince says. JR brings up the fact that Sean and Brett simply hate each other, and Michaels and Triple H have gotta watch their backs tonight for the Heart Foundation. Ooh. And uh, here comes the British Bulldog, ready for action. Conspicuous by his absence is the knee brace. That's what Vince says. Conspicuous <laughs> by his absence, the knee brace. Whoa, Vince, <laughs> why, why do you have to gender the knee brace, Vince? <laughs> Rip the brace off the Bulldog. Uh, Sean did that during the match. And Bulldog hasn't been able to get a new brace. And it's been nine days. And they yeah. bring this up. But uh, JR saves it and says, they're custom, so that's why he hasn't gotten it. Yeah. But he's just got like an ace bandage. He doesn't yeah. even have a pad covering. And he's like, yeah, less protection, uh, you know, just the ace bandage. I, I don't have my knee brace. Yeah. I'm going to call and, him out, Vince. And my knee brace is pretty conspicuous by his absence. <laughs> uh, sorry, I don't even have the accent there. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Bulldog smoked so much crack, he, uh, he went yeah. uh, American. Fook. Fook. Uh, Vader out, and Vince compares Vader to the mountain in the movie Edge. The Edge. The, yeah. Topical, as yep. always. Uh, Vader and Bulldog do some power struggle type spots, and uh, Vader sends Bulldog out and then mocks the Bulldog in the corner doing the, uh, the double arm flex and pose. And gives Bulldog some punches, some lovely blows from Vader. I've always liked his punches, how he works in the match. Yeah. And uh, Vader sends Bulldog into the corner with some hard splashes. And JR gives us the news, Jack, that this Sunday at Bad Blood, it's going to be Vader and the Patriot against Bret Hart and Bulldog in a flag match. Nice. Interesting. We we heard about a flag match a couple weeks back. And we thought it was going to be on Raw, and now all of a sudden uh, it's leading up at Bad Blood. So I guess up. Brett yeah. doesn't have a opponent or a program at all. No number one contender, sort of an afterthought. Jeez. More on that later. And uh, that's got some very unique rules, King says. Okay, really? Does it, I guess? Yeah. All right. Uh, Vader flies off the middle rope. Granted, this was the first flag match I think I would see as a child yeah for me. yeah me too me too they didn't they weren't doing these a lot in the you know new generation yeah mid 90s type era um continuing on vader flies off the middle rope and bulldog gives him a super power slam and then clotheslines vader over the top rope gives him a belly first full of the uh retaining barrier yeah as vince says and jr says it in a better way immediately after and he says 
Vader dropped abdomen first on the steel security railing. Yeah. Not the damn retaining barrier. Yeah. Yeah. And painting, painting a picture. Yep. How painful it is. But man, that spot was, that's really impressive uh, show of strength by Davey. They do a lot of, a lot of that in this match. Oh yeah. Bulldog hammers back on uh, Vader and in the ring, but Vader fires back and we get a big back suplex from the Bulldog after Dunkey ducking a punch from Vader. One, two, no. Bulldog with an awesome sunset flip and a false count again. And then we go to a commercial out of nowhere. They just uh, cut to a continues and then it just fades. No, uh, no warning from the announced team at all. And we get an ad for Stridex. And it's those cards again. It's Austin, yeah. Brett, Michael, Sid, Ahmed, and The Undertaker. And uh, Stridex's catchphrase at the end is, they're effective. They're as effective on pimples as a Stone Cold Stunner. Awesome. I'm sold. Yeah, I'm sold. I wanted acne so bad, and I got it. And now I'm <laughs> like, why? Why? <sighs> Back from commercial, and it's Vader sending Bulldog belly first into the railing this time. Uh, and we go back into the ring, and Vader hits a Vader palm, and then Anvil and Owen Hart come out, and Bret Hart, and they jam the flag into Vader, and Hart Foundation beats down, and Bulldog pulls um, Vader into the corner, and then we get a figure four post leg lock from Bret to uh, Vader. Bret has it locked in, and then the Patriot comes down to a mild reaction. Yeah. And Patriot and Vader have lost so much steam in certain areas. They're yeah. like hot and cold. Like really, like it's it's crazy how much the WWF has let them down. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, Patriot's not doing as much to help his cause at this point in terms of in ring performance. But yeah, that's you're right. Very uh, you know fluctuating in terms of uh, you know fan response. Yeah, and um, it's just sad how much steam Vader had and just. Lost it. Yeah, and it's all I put it all on Sean. I'm yeah. still I'm still bitter. Um, Heart Foundation get the advantage on Patriot as well, and he gets the figure four on the ring post from Brett. And King is thinking that this is a strategy because Vader and Patriot won't be able to climb any poles at Bad Blood, and I hope to God they won't be climbing poles. I don't want to see them on the pole at all. Uh, you climb the turnbuckle and then reach for right. the pole. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully. Um, the Hart Foundation wave their maple flags and then they lay them over the Patriot and Vader. And uh, then we flash to the up next signature and it's going to be finally or the finale of Ahmed versus Farouk. Wow. We haven't seen these guys. Actually, we have for the last fucking year. Epic Uh, blood feud. Yep. They're going to be going one on one for the IC tournament. This is the semifinals. Um, We flash back um to Lawler and he gets cut off as we're waiting for Austin to come to the back door and face you McMahon that's what he says we get a recap of the one night only again and this is advertising for the home video and they're giving away the results but you still wanted to see it as a kid. yeah yeah you want to see the matches for sure yep and it's only 1995 plus six dollars shipping and handling not too bad try selling a VHS that price now yeah <laughs> Um, back from a commercial and PlayStation presents bad blood coming up this Sunday. Whew. And we flash again to the back door waiting for Austin. So this has become a staple in Raw's, um, programming, but yeah, flash back and forth waiting for somebody to enter that arena. And, uh, we go to the match and we get 
the announcer saying, and they have met before, and JR follows it up, they certainly have, because it's like the only program these guys have had yeah. since they've been in the WWF. I mean, minus Ahmed with gold dust here and there. Yeah, a little bit, but man, yeah, and just uh, just an epic series of anticlimactic, boring six-minute TV matches. Yep. Uh, Farouk is out first, and recently Ahmed was excommunicated from the nation. So wouldn't that technically still make Ahmed a heel because, like, he turned his back on some faces and then he got kicked out of the group? Like, yeah, he just swapped back to face. Like, the mm-hmm. fans were just like, ah, fuck it. Oh, like you better. he's got nowhere else to go now. So, yeah, I guess that creates sympathy. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Ahmed comes out, but he brings Animal and Hawk and Ken Shamrock to even the score. Uh, Vince gives us details on Ahmed hurting his hand. Remember that incident on the last episode? Um, it was from the new cover, if you will, for the announce <laughs> tables. And this is before, I guess, they had those little set screws and they, someone probably just put a drywall through screw yeah. through the thing and they flash back and it was poking out and JR says, Ahmed is avoiding surgery because Ahmed has no feeling in his little finger. Jeez, <laughs> Ahmed is injured again. This guy is like so injury prone. Yeah. Uh, Ahmed and Farouk start out hot in this match. Um, Farouk works over the hand and gives a karate chop to it. <laughs> yeah. Dangerous front face scissor kick from Ahmed to uh, Farouk. That looked pretty deadly, but uh, pretty, pretty dangerous as well. They go to the outside and Ahmed grabs the stairs and slams them into Farouk. And the referee gets shoved to the ground, and we get a DQ. Yeah. And Farouk just advances, like, Ahmed, dude. Yeah. What the hell? You gotta, you gotta work within the parameters of the match, you yeah. know? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Ahmed. Mm, this is Damn. why he's getting injured. He's just reckless. He is. He yeah. was just booked as a reckless person. Story of his career. Uh, so we get a schmaz in the ring, and it's all the faces and heels. So the nation against the LOD, Ken Shamrock, and um, Ahmed. And the faces stand tall at the end. And then we get another flash of the back lot. And we go to a commercial. And then we get an ad for Hell in a Cell. And this is done so wonderfully. Let's go to the audio. Yes. Well, we're still waiting for the arrival of Stone Cold. Where is he? A cage no one can enter. Shawn Michaels has his date with destiny. Destiny. A hell no man can escape. Undertaker, I'm going to take you down, put you down, and bury you underneath that ring. There's nowhere to run. There's only one way out. Nowhere to hide. And that's over my dead body. No one to stop the cutting. The Undertaker. Hell in a cell. I can never rest in peace. WWF Bad Blood in your house live this Sunday on pay-per-view. I fucking love that music. It's it's just the right amount of spooky and epic. And there's there's a couple other tra- like 
tracks a couple other tracks you know yeah. a couple other like generic promo music but it was always like very epic and that that was one of my favorites from from this era oh i um, loved it yeah just fits especially anything with the undertaker yeah it's yep uh you know they used to use uh a couple times they used the ray mysterio theme which i forget what that's called but it's yeah yeah i love that theme yeah. that's um, good stuff yeah, so uh, nice little promo there. I love when they do the voiceovers, the epic stuff. I wish they would go back to that now. Yeah, I said that earlier in a group chat with DCW. Yeah. That's really what is missing a lot is this uh, big buildup. Everything just seems like set in place. Like yeah. You know that there's going to be a Hell in a Cell match. Uh, so you got to get two, insert wrestler A and B into this feud real quick yeah. to build up for it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so, I've I've never been a fan of like you know the Hell in a Cell as a pay per view TLC as a pay per view where it's like you have to the feuds have to work around the calendar instead of you know bringing breaking out these matches when they the matches fit the feud versus you know vice versa. Yeah, um, never been a fan of that. But yeah, and and there's not a lot of like voiceover in the in the in the uh, video packages. They do a really good job of it, but it's all just like. It's it's sound bites of everybody. Exactly. They, make, they, yeah. they script it so that the people do the the wrestlers and yeah. the characters make the sound bites for the story because the storytelling has gotten so uh, so matter of fact. Exactly. Now. Yeah. Just like straight to the point. Yeah. Like I have to tell you the point. I'm gonna call out your kids. Yeah. Don't say my kids. <laughs> kids. Don't talk about my kids. Yeah. Um. I mean, just going to show you like this match here with Shawn Michaels and Undertaker. This was set up as a hell in the cell and you it felt like it came out of nowhere. Like yeah. they weren't building for this. Yeah. I mean, you know, they were this match needed this, you know? Absolutely. Um it wasn't that the wrestlers needed the match. Yes. Rather. Um so a great little promo there, needless to say. Uh and then immediately after we get a laser tag ad again with Sable, Agent Sable. Yes. And um it's Freddie Blassie with a patch, and Sable has defeated the Fink, and now she has to face the Headbangers. <laughs> she does a little trick, and they shoot each other with the laser tags, and that's the end of the commercial for that. Back from the commercials, uh, let's take you back to another installment of the Triple X Files with Brian Pillman. Mm. Yikes. Sadly, this will be the last installment. Yeah. Uh, Vince says this may not be suitable for all members of the family. Really, Vince? Yes. You think? Yeah. You're telling me that this installment of the Triple X Files might not be good for my seven-year-old? No, no, no. Uh, Probably not. Damn. Uh, but if you want, just keep them around because there's <laughs> going to be a match soon. Don't miss more <laughs> WWF action superstars. Right. Buy some laser tag. I love the way just Vince just bullshits. Yeah, I love the laser tag ad right into the Triple X Files, too. That's great. Keep it classy. That's the theme of this episode is Vince being a classy, tasteful individual. Oh, God, this whole episode. Uh, Pillman is in bed with Marlena, and he says that he and Marlena won't fight dude love at bad blood unless they get some stuff settled with gold dust. And he wants some guarantees. Pillman, that is. He wants gold dust handcuff to the ring post at Bad Blood. And by the way, Dustin, you're going to get your own handcuffs because at the end, we're going to be busy with our own, Pillman says, referencing he and Marlena. 
Yeesh. So, uh, dude love out and Lawler says, Pillman is going to show some Polaroids of Marlena at bad blood. Ooh, I can't wait to see that. <laughs> Yikes. JR says, apparently Marlena and Pillman are going to have a surprise for gold dust this Saturday at St. Paul, Minnesota. Hmm. We'll see. So, um, it's interesting, but, uh, dude sits down for commentary <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he does some classic Mick Foley before yeah. he's a comedian comedy. Yeah. Yeah. The Sultan is out with the iron Sheik, and gold dust out. And Vince says shatter dreams productions indeed, because his life is somewhat bit shattered. Ladies and gentlemen. Thanks, Vince. Yeah, I'd like to think of Vince doing stand-up, but that's like how he does his like punchlines. <laughs> he does the punchline, and then you you see because, <laughs> if you will, because somewhat his life has been shattered, ladies and gentlemen. It's been shattered, if you will, nonetheless. <laughs> Notwithstanding, yeah. <laughs> Just like sitting there waiting yeah. for the reaction. Oh my god, I'd love it. Uh, gold dust on day 23 without Marlena. Wow. And there's one more week and the couple of Marlena and gold dust will be reconnected and they're going to renew their vows. Yes. Wow. Sweet. Gold dust with half of a gold skull on his face. And he is actually the original demon King or demon queen. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, uh, it's kind of interesting that he did have a little run in with Finn Balor and then had a skull on his face yeah. this moment. And, uh, Finn does the same thing here and there. That is pretty cool. Ah, nerdism. If dude wins, then gold dust can have a no disqualification match with Pillman right after that at bad blood. Sweet. Thanks for bringing that up, dude. I love yeah. how wrestlers just book their own yeah. stuff. I mean, it's cool. By the way, Daddy-O, I was talking to my agent. (laughs) He got me booked and Goldust booked. Uh, Sultan beating down Goldust, and I hear him clearly say, okay, elbow, and then gives an elbow. Sweet. Even though you got the mask, you can't scream it, buddy. Yeah. Thanks, Fatu. Uh, They zoom in on Goldust's ring, and Jerry says, Marlena wears her ring, but it's not on her finger. And uh, Vince, classic... He knows comedy. goes, well, where is it? (laughs) And Jerry just follows it up with another piercing. Ah, sweet. Either Uh the nipple or the clit. (laughs) Goldust and Sultan go back and forth for a bit. um, And the Sultan hits the kick and pins arrogantly. One, two, no. And then Goldust fires back with that classic uppercut and a bulldog one two three and he's over on the sultan and he kisses the ring and dude says he knows he doesn't know who's going to show up for the match against uh pillman i think was that him insinuating maybe cactus or or mankind could show up maybe yeah that'd be interesting because you know cactus just came off that big victory of uh triple h that's the other right week. that's so, right hmm. and stone cold finally arrived and we go to a commercial. Wait, we didn't even get to see him enter. <laughs> you just told us after the fact. Stay tuned. All, all that time we were flashing back. What the hell? At least they didn't interrupt the whole match for that. But Yeah. yeah. Uh, back from commercial, and we recap Sergeant Slaughter telling Triple H he's facing The Undertaker. Sweet. Uh, plus, we're moments away from Stone Cold facing Vince McMahon. Wow, what a match this is going to be, right? No. 
Sorry, it's not a match. Uh, intro to Warzone. Uh, Vince, Vince introduces the second hour, and Stone Cold's music hits, and Vince just gulps, and uh, this is classic. We're going to go to the audio here. Um, this is good stuff. Definitely. something to say to me, then get your little carcass up here. You might as well bow down if you try to play that big shot routine. I'll knock your damn head off. Get your ass in here. Get your ass in the ring. People, JR, they want to see you got something to say, big shot, spill it. Here goes nothing. Fire. You Please. are either a certifiable lunatic or you just don't give a damn. WWF officials to be placed in a position of jeopardy and all because of everyone trying to protect you from yourself. No more. No. No more. It stops right now. Here it comes. Right now. Right now. Watch it. You're trying to lay down the law with Steve Austin. What it sounds like to me is you're about to fire my ass. So if you want to fire me, big shot, you go ahead and fire me because I really, truly don't give a rat's ass what you do. This might be the greatest thing we've ever seen. Stone Cold fired and Vince McMahon stunned. Go ahead and fire me. Do something. Say something. You got three options, all right? Three options. that high? Yeah, I can count that high. You've got three options. Number one, right here next week, you can bring that certificate from your doctor that says, okay, Stone Cold is capable of wrestling. Although no doctor in the world's ever gonna sign it because you're not capable, are you? No. 
Number two, another option just might be that Stone Cold will return to action here in the World Wrestling Federation under one condition. That is that you totally absolve the World Wrestling Federation from any liability whatsoever, which means you sign a little document that says if you come back and if you get hurt, it's nobody's fault but yours. You won't sue the WWF. You won't sue any of the officials. In other words, you get hurt. You come on back. You sign the paper. You get hurt. Your problem. Is that understood? And there's one other option. Hold the WWF part. And that other option? I've got to unfortunately do what I've got to do then in terms of termination. Brings back memories. Here we go. Here we go. Well, if I wanted to, son, I'd drop you right on that stack of dimes you call a neck, and you wouldn't have nothing to do about it. You understand that? The snap of my fingers, I'd turn your lights right out. And he means it, too. First of all, no doctor knows my neck better than I do. You can look at an x-ray, an MRI, hell, a damn Polaroid picture. It really don't make a damn what a doctor says. Steve Austin makes up his mind, and that's the bottom line. Look at me. Or you can bring your little paper out here. Maybe I'll sign it. And maybe I'll shove it right up your ass. Thirdly, if you decide to fire me in front of the world, I will damn sure beat your ass in front of the world worse than you've ever been beaten in your life. And that's the bottom line, Vince, because Stone Cold said so. What about it, Jared? Did you just get a reprieve or what? Sounds like Austin's got some uh, thinking to do. But he hadn't left yet. That's what worries me. Classic. Gives him the old double bird on on his way out and yep. goes great. up the ramp. Yeah, that's awesome. This is a uh, cool because we get a one more time chant from the crowd. Yeah, this is before crowds became overbearing and uh, everything. <laughs> but yeah, tried, started trying to put back in the back in these days. Crowds just try to put themselves over with signs yeah. instead of chants or just being on camera in general. Yeah. Um, Stone Cold for president in 2000. We get a sign for that. Speaking of signs. Nice. In that little segment. Yeah. But uh, re- he's not the wrestler that's running for president soon. Apparently, <laughs> if you smell what I'm cooking. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Austin rings the bell and taunts Vince and they get a slight angry Vince right there. Yeah. Just a little shade of it. And uh Gives him the double birds and goes up the ramp. And JR advertises the upcoming shows. Finally, WWE Network blocks the numbers so you can't call for those tickets. For those tickets, yeah. (laughs) They always they've done that from the beginning with the uh, with the hotlines, of course, because God knows what those numbers go to now. Some Uh, of them they leave though. They miss a few. Yeah, because I I watch everything now that we've done. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I Uh, catch a couple. Yeah, that's I haven't called a couple. (laughs) 
just a great great promo from Austin and just you know that that tension between the two of them it's a little odd that that you know Vince after getting assaulted by uh, Austin would lay out these three options for him two of which don't involve him getting fired um, but it kind of keeps things going I love JR uh, when when Vince mentions termination <laughs> JR is still bitter about his uh, firing in the in the you know early 90s and oh that sounds familiar brings back memories brings back some memories and his like little heel turn he did uh, when he brought <laughs> out fake days fake diesel and razor yeah um in the last year last yeah. year actually yeah so that's always fun uh but uh yeah by the time you know jr's third and fourth firing comes around he's he's kind of over it um he's ch- he's chilled out now but uh that's always fun but yeah great great segment top to bottom oh yeah and uh vince is great with his facial reactions too just uh yeah Acting is reacting. Yeah. And Vince is getting the hang of acting. Definitely. Um, and Austin is just uh, just a serious badass here. Um, this is a make or break moment for the company, and they're putting a lot of faith in Austin. I think that's why kayfabe-wise, Vince would still like offer him the option to wrestle yeah. and be in his company yeah. because he knows he is the best damn wrestler. Yeah. Can't nobody lace my damn boot up. Yep. Boot. You know. Yeah. And they need him. They need him kayfabe and they need him uh as a shoot. Yep. And up next, uh the Headbangers versus Los Bariquas <sighs> for the Forever. WWF tag team titles. Ooh. Yeah. Bariquas got another opportunity here. Yeah. Yeah. Stone Cold is scheduled to appear at Bad Blood too. Wow. Interesting. JR says that Slaughter is an idiot and he's going to have Austin in the ring for the IC title uh, ceremony. JR says it's ridiculous and he's asking for chaos. He is. And it's kind of bringing logic to the wrestling mentality. It's like you have a contract signing for two guys that, you know, want to kick each other's ass and they're in the ring. What do you expect? What do you think is going to happen? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, now and now we don't think about those things. We just do them. Yeah, uh, that's how it's become. Uh, Headbanger is out, and Jesus and Jose come out too. Sweet yeah. Barricos forever, forever. Yes, I love their theme music. Yeah. Oh man, I could, I could listen to it all day. I love like the intro and and then like before it kicks in. Jimmy, oh. you you don't listen to it all day. <laughs> I mean, I, I yeah. Most days, Dude, we I have I, to. Remember. I know, we I know. To. Season two is coming up. Okay, they'll cut us. Yes. <laughs> uh, the Godwins will face the Headbangers this Sunday, and they hope it's for those titles. Yeah. So uh, it's kind of preemptive and foreshadowing, and giving away the ending of this match a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Vince says that this is the first opportunity for the Barik was to become the champ. No, Vince, that just fucking happened we just covered it on episode nine yeah this is episode 10 now just yeah. happened yeah this was at one night only right yeah right yeah so i mean maybe he, he doesn't think that's in canon it's not canon yeah. well well goddamn it's but not. then the bulldog's injury is in canon yeah. and the cancer-stricken sister is in canon <laughs> hmm and the european title grand slam yeah you gotta think that vince is like a, he his canon Projectory is just off the wall. Yeah, it's a little screwy. <laughs> uh, Vince kind of covers his track while he fumbles here and there, and uh, he says 
a little tongue-tied after the incident with uh, Stone Cold. And JR seconds that. Yeah. Yeah. He knows he fucked up. Yeah. Uh, We get a huge sunset flip in this match from Thrasher. It's awesome. Yeah. Like, he gets some major height. Uh, and we're going to cover it in detail in season two, but oh my God, Jose does a hurricane Rana from the top rope. Yeah. Like bouncing off to Mosh with fucking boots on. Yeah. He has like Columbia, like hiking boots on. Yeah. Yeah. It's goddamn impressive. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. Uh, Godwin's run out and hammer down on everyone, and they have Uncle Cletus with them, who yeah. Uncle Cletus, T.L. Hopper. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't did, know that. I did that research too, just in case. But uh, yeah, T.L. Hopper, the uh, infamous plumber, yeah. did, didn't have much of a run. Uh, showed up around the Royal Rumble, I think, and uh, did a SummerSlam promo. And after that, nothing. So, but yep. he's back on the scene as Uncle Cletus. Yeah, and the rest of the Bariquas come out and save uh, everyone. And JR advertises that the superstars line about. Gold Dust and Marlene, if she's really been forced to do the things that she has done with Brian Pillman. That's a good question. Yeah. And why are you guys showing this stuff anyways? Because <laughs> you're like a, an accomplice to rape yeah. and uh, kidnapping. Yeah. If what? she is being forced, then... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And still to come, Triple H and The Undertaker. And then up next, it's Owen Hart. And he's out. And will Austin adhere to the restraining order? Remember, there's still that restraining order between Austin and Owen. Yeah. Uh, and then we get another ad for the hell in the cell. Yes. Bad blood. Call it what you must. Call it what Vince tells you to call it. Yeah, either one. Hell in the cell or hell in a cell. <laughs> uh, back from commercial and we recap Ahmed getting attacked by Farouk. And then we get Owen out with an Owen 316 shirt. And I just broke your neck on the back. This is awesome. Classic. Um, yeah, this is cool. We have Riot Squad following Owen, too. This is hilarious, uh, but important. We recap what happened at SummerSlam. That was Owen giving the tombstone, sitting ass first, and busting the neck of Stone Cold Steve Austin. And McMahon asks... Why Owen would even wear a shirt like that with a lunatic like Austin lurking? Yeah, good good call. Yeah. Uh, Owen says the only reason he doesn't have the title, the Intercontinental title that is, is because he had compassion for Austin. And at Bad Blood, he will reclaim his title and he's going to beat Farouk. Awesome. Owen says he doesn't want Austin around during the match and he'll look, uh, and look what he's done to McMahon. And he needs to get Austin out of the WWF. And Austin is going to destroy an empire that not Vince, but his father started. He makes that clear, which is awesome. Vince like takes a hard swallow like, whoa, you're (laughs) right. I didn't create this. My dad did. Yeah. And that's like Vince's like ego. Like he hates the fact that he didn't create it. Yeah. That's why he doesn't, he never went by Vince McMahon junior. In fact, he hates the term junior. He uses the term junior as like a, like an insult. Yep. And I think that's also why he rebranded, uh, WWE. Yeah. Uh, in a way and yeah. went public, but I mean, little, it, he's eager was, to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Vince takes a hard swallow there and he knows deep down in his heart that, uh, Vince won't allow, um, Austin, to do that and so get him out of the wwf and oh my god austin is dressed as a security riot squad 
wait, Riot Squad? They're like opposite of hosting squad. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. They're the hardcore version of us. Yeah, they're on the other side of the political chart. Okay. Uh, Austin, dressed as a Riot Squad member, takes off the helmet and then stuns Owen and runs through the crowd, and the fans hold the rest of the cops back, which is awesome. Uh, They zoom in on the helmet. This is an amazing shot by Kevin Dunn. Uh, I mean, regardless of... Credit where credit's due. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And Owen is laid out in the background, but it's the foreground of the helmet. It's so... So awesome. Yeah. Uh, JR says Austin is WWF's Richard Campbell, uh, who is the fugitive, if you know what that is. Yeah. Um, yeah. An innocent man, but also guilty, but also on the run. But totally so, guilty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, up next, it's Triple H and The Undertaker. All right. All right. And then we get a one night only ad again. And back from commercial, we go to moments ago with several looks at Austin impersonating a cop and then stunning Owen. So we get multiple angles of this. And what's going on this Sunday? We're wondering what's going to happen. Like, is Austin going to be present during the IC title thing uh, that's going on at Bad Blood? And what's the decision going to be made on Monday? Yeah. Is Austin going to be fired? Huh? So we go backstage and it's Anvil overlooking Owen. Yeah. Nice. Thanks for coming out, Anvil. It's giving him a nice neck rub, right? Yeah. Just, yeah. The expertise, those uh, educated hands of Jim yeah. Nightheart. He needs this job, so he needs to be on TV. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just at least once. Uh, and then we get some shots of construction of the Hell in the Cell with some 80s music and some epically 80s, or at least the, the guys look that way. And Jerry even says something. He says, He's, what the hell are these guys doing in the cage? They did the aluminum siding on my house. <laughs> and then uh, they show another shot of the guy climbing up the cage. And uh, Jerry says, look at this idiot trying to climb it. And I swear Vince is trying not to laugh in that moment. You can hear him just like. <laughs> yeah. Anytime you can get Vince to break, you really, you've really done something. Yeah. But this is an awesome little. Uh, build up for the hell in the cell yeah and finally triple h is out with Shawn michaels sweet Shawn michaels is finally back in triple h in china in his corner uh undertaker out to a huge pop but the heart foundation attack undertaker from behind and vader and patriot come out to even the score and they all brawl up the ramp that's heart foundation the patriot and vader and uh then Triple H and HBK take advantage of The Undertaker and beat him down on the steel ramp. This is reminiscent of the last week. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Undertaker battles back and throws the jacket off and has uh, HBK cornered in the ring. And Triple H hits him from behind and the match is officially on now. Um, Triple H hammers down on The Undertaker. And this is a much more dangerous Helmsley in the last month, says JR. Yes, it has been. Definitely. Yep. Big shoulder block from The Undertaker to Triple H, and then we get a choke slam from uh, uh, Undertaker to Triple H, and that's one hand. One hand. It's nice, impressive. Looks Rude good. Rude comes out. That's Rick Rude. He, Undertaker sets up for a tombstone, but Rude hits Undertaker in the back with the briefcase, and HBK hammers on Undertaker, and then Rude takes out a body bag. And then we get some sweet chin music from HBK to The Undertaker as Triple H holds The Undertaker. And HBK, Triple H, and China put Undertaker in the body bag. This is old school Undertaker stuff yeah. here. 
Yeah, try um, to use some of his own mind games against him. Yeah. And they celebrate, and HBK crosses the throat like Undertaker, mocking him. And the body bag lifts up and rips open. And the initial outlaws continue to hammer on Undertaker. Uh, but then uh, he scares HBK up the ramp and Triple H from behind. And Undertaker no-sells Triple H this whole time. <laughs> and then finally hits Triple H with a fist. And then HBK attempts to go backstage. But HBK is scared of some red smoke and fi- like uh, lighting. Interesting. Yeah. And he runs off side stage and Triple H gets a tombstone on the ramp from The Undertaker. And Triple H is... I mean, HBK is climbing the Titantron, and we go off the air. But what was that red smoke uh, deterring HBK? And, wow, yeah. A little... uh, Interesting. Yeah, we'll see where that leads. But uh, Bad blood this Sunday. And HBK just kind of leaving Triple H high and dry there. This might be the beginning of their their rift. Yeah, descent a little. Yeah. Uh, We'll see. But, um, yeah, interesting. This is awesome. Um, Bringing back the body bag, but um, Undertaker won't stay down. And the initial outlaws, in a way, they're not the new age outlaws. They're the initial. Initial. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just making sure. Something something like years later when Triple H and Undertaker would have their feud over WrestleMania 27 and 28, they were – known they were you know referred to as the last outlaws Ooh. so yeah nice little good call full circle there good call yeah so this is a nice little send off into in your house bad blood yep. but we don't really get a build up of anything with uh the wwf championship it's all about this Nothing, match. yeah just in a holding pattern all right we'll see let's let's move right along it's in your house bad, bad blood, blood. Ooh. Badded blood. Badded blood. Two D's on the bad. One D's not enough. <laughs> October 5th, 1997. Call it what you will. <laughs> Let's uh, get the intro here for the audio. Pride. Confidence. Extraordinary talent. They're the signature of a superstar performer. Add arrogance. Conceit. Self-adulation to the equation. And you've defined the very essence of Shawn Michaels. Nobody, but nobody tells me what to do. For two months, the self-proclaimed master antagonist has launched a calculated and brutal war of destruction on the phenom of the World Wrestling Federation. I made you taste your blood once. You are gonna taste it again. And like hyenas rapid from the scent of a fresh kill, his pack of allies have been quick to join the slaughter. We came, we saw, and we kicked the dead man's ass. But tonight, within the unforgiving confines of a specially constructed steel cell, the cocksure tormentor will become the tormented. Tonight, Shawn Michaels will stare into the eyes of a merciless reaper, hell-bent on revenge. There'll be no no China, no insurance policy to save his soul. Tonight, there's no way in, no way out, no one to stop the carnage. And now, PlayStation presents WWF Bad Blood in your house. 
great intro there. Uh, a couple things. Number one, that that was like my other favorite of their uh, epic promo uh, music. The dun, 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 dun. yeah, they use that a lot. Yeah, they use it a lot, but I never never got tired of it. Mm-hmm. Also, the cockshore tormentor. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Vince wrote that shit. <laughs> Yeah, um, he's like putting the pencil to his lip, like thinking yeah. really deep. He's like, "How do I write this one?" <laughs> the co- the cocksure tormentor. Which, like, I don't know. Did you ever listen to uh, Talking Shop, which was the the Bullet Club a, podcast? A couple episodes, yeah. somewhere unlistenable. One of uh, yeah, one of them. Uh, one of the things that Luke Gallows would always do. He had this character called the Cock Torturer, <laughs> and so. <laughs> The cocksure tormentor was like perhaps like an early, uh, you know, PG version of the cock torturer. Nice. Um, so that made me think of that. That's that's cool. But yeah, that's definitely that. That's all Vince. <laughs> oh man, God classic. Damn. It's cocksure tormentor. Uh, so we're we're here. Bad blood, man. Finally, the first hell in the cell. Yes. The first. Um, call it what you will. Call it what you will. Yeah, this is gonna be great. October fifth, nineteen ninety-seven. Yeah, uh, Steve Blackman's music is playing. It's not his yet, but yeah, it's what would become. Famous. It'll be hand- handed down to him soon. Get some nice fireworks. Yeah. I love. I miss the fireworks now. Yeah, yeah. The cut cut out of the budget. Yeah, but they just invested like twenty-five million dollars in some esports league. So, what the hell? Call it what you will. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. So, bad to the blood, uh, we get a fan sign that has a picture of The Undertaker, but looks like Roman Reigns. Interesting. Spooky. Interesting. Spooky. Uh, Then we get the nation out first, and Vince is sadly presenting us with the news that Brian Pillman has died. Yeah, no signature at the top, no, um, you know... We'll get into more of this as as the night goes on, but they, this is the first time I feel like, and I might be wrong, but it, at least in the modern era of WWF, where somebody like an active roster member uh, passes away, uh, you know, before pay per view, no less. So, um, the you know, unfortunately, something that they would be we would grow accustomed to uh, with the passing of Owen Hart and and several others over the years. Um, you know, there's usually the signature at the top and before there's anything regarding the show, um, you know, some sort of acknowledgement of this, we get the promo, the pyro, everything. And Vince mentions it offhand. Well, not offhand, but, um, you know, brings it up, but just matter of factly, just matter of factly, somewhat cold, um, no, you know, 10 bell salute, uh, in front of this show, we would get that uh, the, the following evening on raw, but it's just, um, yeah, matter of factly is a good way to describe it. Just kind of, kind of cold. Yeah, do you I think, think so the too? The whole presence of Vince throughout this whole program is cold, and you'll see yeah. several moments where they say, "And we're scrambling because of the events of uh, Pillman." Almost like he's at fault for messing yeah, like up he's the pissed, program. He's pissed off. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um. So right after he mentions Pillman's death, we awkwardly get a transition to the recap of Farouk injuring Ken Shamrock. Yeah. Oh. Show must go on. Yeah, nice big spine buster there, and Ken Shamrock is injured, and the LOD need to need a new partner, and they're out with their spikes. That's their new partner. It's like, no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> Rocky, Kama, and D'Lo are awaiting, and the LOD say that they're going to take on the NOD 
three on two. All right, cool. Let's see it. Uh, this match is what you would expect it to be. No, not that yeah, great. Not much. Rocky hits a nice DDT to Animal, and the Nation take control, and they do some double teaming, and Vince goes to call uh, them a pack of bears. <laughs> They're a pack of bears. A pack of wolves, if you will. Yeah, pack of bears, Vince. Fucking <laughs> moron. Remember the bear pack? Too sweet. Who could forget? They love honey. This honey is too <laughs> sweet. <laughs> bear pack for life. Oh man, we gotta make bear pack shirts now. Yeah. Yeah, now that we're down we're down under ninety eight hundred of our uh hosting squad t shirts. So yeah. we still got a lot of uh fail poor feet. Failed foreign heels for fuck's sake shirts. Too. Yeah. Yeah. So. Head us up, guys. <sighs> Wolfpack, if you will. Uh, D'Lo hits a big frog splash while Kama and Rocky hold Animal down, and we get a nice near fall. Um, Rocky swings Animal into the steel steps. Rocky swings Animal into the ropes, and we get a double clothesline, and both men are down. Nice. And finally, we get a hot tag to Hawk. And we get a huge power slam from Hawk to Rocky, a clothesline to Kama and D'Lo. They're both sent out and two consecutive clotheslines in the corner to Rocky from Hawk and Animal right in a row, like a train. Nice. Yeah. LOD train. Not the hoe train. (laughs) Uh, They set Rocky up for the doomsday device and Farouk distracts as Rocky delivers the rock bottom after a kick in the back of the head to from comma one two three the nation go over using the distraction from farouk coming down nice wow all right uh we then go to sunny and doc hendrix doc hendrix spelled d-o-k doc fucking hate it (laughs) and they advertise the superstars line and they talk to the superstars after the match yeah they're gonna talk to the winners here yeah maybe let's talk about the fact that one of your co-workers just died yep how about it? How did, like every it's the rock going like for his first like big time interview after a win yeah. and he got the pinfall here yeah. and they're like, excuse me, Mr. Rock, did, did, do you know how Mr. Pillman died? He's like, yeah. I mean, Vince does everything short of shilling the, the hotline uh, to you know promote the show using Pillman's death. Yeah. But we'll get to that more on the episode of Raw that follows Bad oh Blood. Oh my God, yeah. Uh, we go to Vince Jr. and Jerry, and they inform us that we're going to see, due to uh, Dude Love versus Brian Pillman, uh, Vince kind of chokes up a bit in explaining what, what they know and don't know about Pillman's death. Yeah. And uh, he says, we have scrambled a bit and come up with an attraction I'm sure you're going to love. And it's Mosaic and Tarantula. Two of the minis. And they're going to take on Max Mini and Nova. Yeah. And this is a little match. Uh, a little match. Sorry, I didn't. It's a fun little match. You know? <laughs> it's a fun lucha thing. Yeah. Like it doesn't run. It's a, it's, it's a short match. It's a short match. It's not. doesn't run very long. Uh, during the Mac, match, Max Mini gets thrown onto the announce table by Tarantula. Luckily, he doesn't cut his hand. Because they probably sheared all the screws off by now. Yeah, Ahmed's got all of them stuck in his hand still. If not being injury prone, he's at least um, 
he's letting us know the dangers of right. how to set up the ambiance for wrestling for yeah. now on. Nobody knew they could hurt themselves yeah, that way. No sharp corners. Yeah. yeah breakaway tables. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, then we get some sloppy stuff in the ring by Max Mini and Tarantula and doing some chain lucha or attempting it at least. And Max just rolls Tarantula up. One, two, three. It's over. I mean, they get us over as, as, as far as they yeah. can. But yeah. That's, that's the attraction. Sweet, thank you. Uh, we get a 316 shirt ad. That's for Austin 316. It says Austin 316 on the front, and on the back, it's the Stone Cold Skull, and it yeah. says 316 etched in the skull. But awesome enough, uh, or interesting enough, it's Todd Pettengale doing the voiceover for this. Yeah, some mm-hmm. of his last little bit of work. Yeah. Todd Pettengale <sighs> lives on. We'll see you in about 15 years for the In Your House Blu-ray. R.I.P. Uh, 21,151 21, WWF fans are in this building tonight. It's a lot. Good house. They said that they set yeah. a new record. So it's WWF. Always. Solid for, you know, for an in-your-house pay-per-view. That's, yeah, it's good business. I think this is one of the biggest uh, wrestling draws to come since um, Ed the Strangler and uh, another wrestler. No, I'm serious. Yeah. Um, this was big in the city that they were in St. Louis. Yeah. Um, one of the biggest draws in that city had seen in a long time. That's yeah. That's, that's pretty cool. And especially considering that the, we have the legend segment coming up where they yep. honor that. Yeah. I know you want me. <laughs> Speaking of legend. Yeah. Um, it's sunny out and some tie dye and she introduces the challengers for this WWF tag team title match. It's the Godwins with uncle Cletus and their opponents, the WWF tag team champions, the Headbangers. <laughs> Thanks, Sonny. Thanks. And I'm not going to bore you with this cause it is fucking boring. Yeah. It's not good. Hey, let's jump into the match. Henry and threat. Thrasher collide in the ring, and we're looking for a hot tag, but Phineas cuts off Thrasher. Phineas gets a back suplex from Thrasher, and finally we get the hot tag, Tamash. And he cleans house on all the Godwins, including Uncle Cletus. Uh, We get a scoop slam to Phineas, and Thrasher powerbombs Mosh onto Phineas. And a nice near fall here, but Henry breaks it up. And Mosh goes off the top rope for some top rope nothing, but Phineas just catches it and turns it into a powerbomb. One, two, three. New tag team champions, the Godwins. Wow. Yeah. Wow. What, not a lot of people expecting that. Um, headbangers, to the credit, they had a nice little run, you know, carried yeah. it for a couple months there. And uh, Godwins, not the most technically sound team, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll, yeah. we'll see where they go from here with the tag division. Yeah, we'll check it out. Uh, Godwins beat down the Headbangers after the match, and we then get a recap of the voiceover of Michael Cole. Of all the incidents with Stone Cold stunning the authority figures, flashback to Raw last week with Vince giving his ultimatum to Austin. Uh, you either, you know, get the doctor to sign it off, or, you know. So, Steve, you have eight options. <laughs> We want you around, we, needless to say. We need you here. Which I've laid out here in a 40-slide uh, 40 40 PowerPoint presentation. Accept none, and you're fired. <laughs> uh, Austin is 
or Owen is backstage with Michael Cole and he says Austin will have a lawsuit if he interferes in the match and Owen is having this IC tournament moment uh tonight you know he's going to he's going to be crowned the champion he never should have lost it to begin with that's right JR is in the ring and he's going to be honoring some legends of old and the first one is Gene Kaniski. We get a flashback of some old photos and the history of him in the ring when Kaniski defeated Luthez, held the title for three years. Awesome. He gets a plaque and a framed picture, which he keeps sitting down throughout each other honorary entrance and then picking back up because he wants to clap. Yeah. I mean, just sit him under your fucking arms, buddy. Yeah. Clap. Yeah. But yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Dedicated. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Next up is Jack Bricks- Briscoe. Awesome. His brother will play a pivotal role in the Attitude Era. Yeah. Uh, We recap his history as well. Another NWA person. Uh, Third honorary is Dory Funk Jr. He held the NWA title for over four years. Wow. Classic. Uh, Fourth honorary is Handsome Harley Race, seven-time NWA champion. Again, this NWA. Yeah. Uh, and then the fifth honoree is still crazy after all these years, Terry Funk. Hell yeah. And is the tape messed up for this or was my computer glitching? Because it kept like acting like a VHS and it was a uh, scramble. Yeah, no, I think, I think the tapes messed up. The master must've been, you know, distorted somehow. Interesting. And Jr. says, uh, Terry is the original rattlesnake. That's right. True in many ways. Uh, from ECW, Terry Funk, says Vince. Nice. Mm. Little little bit, little uh, extra cross-promotion there. Yeah. And the final two honorees are Sam Munchnik and Luthez, and they're both out, and Luthez is, needless to say, carrying Sam Munchnik. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. As much as he does the St. Louis area. Yeah. But uh, the youngest and the oldest NWA champion. Luthes, that's yeah. awesome. I love that little history fact. He was 21 when he uh, won it and 50 when he lost it. Yeah. So that's cool. Up that's until cool. today, when your current NWA champion is a guy named Tim Storm, who's 51 years old. No shit. Yeah, which gives you an idea of what the state of the NWA is like now. <laughs> wow. Jimmy, I tried to keep up with the NWA title reigns, but I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Luthes, he is not, but that's a, that's another podcast. Luthes, uh last match was 1990 and he was 70 fucking yeah. four such a badass <laughs> and it was yeah. against it was, was it against Sanoki? it was against somebody in japan i'm I think. not sure yeah. i'm not sure yeah. i'd have to look back up i don't yeah. want to say something i don't know so that was an, a nice little segment yeah. i like how they honored the 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 greats of st louis yeah and, and uh, didn't shy away at all from uh from the nwa history which is cool no and i think this is where uh, Vince sees it. He's like, I got to codify this. I got to claim name claim to the history of this as well, because this is part of WWWF and the history of what's created wrestling in a whole. Yeah. And Brett, uh, Brett <laughs> Vince wants to create this epic, uh, empire as, uh, Owen put it. Um, he took over the empire. He didn't create it, but that's right. He's gonna recreate it in his eyes. One day he's gonna own goddamn everything. Oh my god! You'll see. Then we go to Doc, and he's with the nation and Farouk. And Farouk says Stone Cold is just another name to him, and he doesn't mean a thing. 
and he's going to handle Owen on his own. All right. Back to Vince, and he says we have an update on Brian Pillman. Really? What happened? Still dead. Huh. The authorities suspect no foul play. Sorry. What I, I hate to I'm not trying to make light of the situation, know, but, but could you imagine if like we have an I, update on Brian Pillman? He's live. What a swerve. Um Thanks, Russo. Yeah. This was the beginning of the Russo run. Yeah. Uh Vince says the authorities suspect no foul play. Nonetheless, they are concerned of a drug overdose, be it prescription and recreational. And that, of course, is a problem in all sports and entertainment. And we find out more as we get more information. Thanks, Vince. It's not it's not just us. It's not just us, guys. It's all sports and forms of entertainment. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. A lot of deflecting going on in this situation. You can just see the face of uh, King and Jr. and they're just like, oof, it's a tough one. Yeah. Tough one. We are the nation. All right. It's the Intercontinental Title Tournament Finals. Farouk is out first. And Owen Hart is out to some booze. Real strong booze. Damn. Owen is hated here. St. Louis. But he looks so fucking sad. Yeah. Like, you can tell this is weighing heavy on oh, him yeah. about Pillman. Yeah. Uh, Vince mentions the connection with the Hart Foundation and Pillman. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's where he initially trained in the Hart Dungeon when he first decided to get into wrestling. And this run that they've been having that we've been covering throughout this season uh, with the formation of the Hart Foundation is, you know, there's definitely, he's got close ties with all of them. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's hitting Owen hard. Sad, sad state of affairs. Um, Glass shatters. Austin is out with the Intercontinental title in hand, looking badass as ever. He's just like, fuck it. I'm getting paid. Fuck it. I'm here. I'm the hottest motherfucker. Uh, Gives Owen the double bird. And Austin rings the bell to start the match and grabs uh, the commentary headphones from um, Vince. And he says, let's get it on. And he's just mocking Vince here. And he's just, he's, incredibly hilarious this is yeah, awesome he's he's great this whole match he's by far more entertaining than anything that the that's going on in the match yep um farouk and owen have a back and forth during the match and farouk is showing off his strength uh finally we get a spinning wheel kick from owen and then he is handling the leg of farouk he's trying to kick that leg out of his leg you know owen is <laughs> very famous for that um, Austin joins the Spanish commentary team. Awesome. <laughs> and he, he's like, he's like to, um, to Tito or who is it? Is it's it, yeah. Tito Santana yeah, and, says, and Hugo. I heard you say loco. You talking trash about me, boy. <laughs> he's like, no, 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 no. Oh. Saves it. Yeah. And then the French commentary team, he joins them as well. And they are leading up to the events that they're going to be back in Montreal in uh, Survivor Series. That's the next event that the WWF will be with the French. Yeah. Um, Meanwhile, Owen gets shot into the corner by Farouk after a sharpshooter attempt. Then a brutal backbreaker from Farouk to Owen looked dangerous. One, two, no. Farouk goes for a slam, but Owen falls on top. And then we get another near fall. Farouk goes for a top rope leg drop 
Ouch, this looks Oof. painful. Owen moves and sets up for a sharpshooter again, and Farouk kicks him off. This sharpshooter is not Owen's best uh, maneuver that he can no, pull off. No, the, uh, to see Farouk go for that top rope leg drop, by the way, was weird. Yeah. Uh, a guy of his size should not be executing that move. That's not good. No. Uh, I'm sure he was regretting that after. Yeah. Um, we get a big power slam from Farouk to Owen, and then Anvil just runs down. We get a spine buster from Farouk to Owen. One, two, no. Anvil distracts the referee as Farouk is hanging on the ropes, and Austin just nails Farouk in the head with the Intercontinental title. One, two, three. Owen covers Farouk for the victory. Yeah. Wow, we get a new champion. And the... Vince and JR and everybody's like, I don't get it. I don't get it. Come on. Yeah, it doesn't take a rocket scientist. Uh, Why would Austin help Owen? Uh, Owen leaves with Anvil and Owen says, I did it all by myself. I did it all by myself. (laughs) Love it. Classic Classic Owen, Owen, yeah. Uh, then we get a recap of last week's brawl with the Hart Foundation attacking Vader and the Patriot. And this flag match will be extraordinary, says Vince. Okay, usually you get your country's flag and you win. This will be settled by pinfall, submission, or capturing your country's flag. Because why not? Yeah. Yeah. Because we need that in this match because it will end that way, right? Yeah. Right. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh, it's Los Bericos out for for, for forever. Forever. And again, we get reminded that we're scrambling and this is a last-minute match because the Brian Pillman incident. Yeah. Thanks, Vince. He looks like, uh, yeah. Man, what a sorry, dick. this what was such thing. such an inconvenience for you, Vince. Yep. Sorry. The DOA out. Disciples of Apocalypse. All right. So we're gonna get a four on four match with the grudge of the the two uh, factions. Yeah. Awesome. This uh, is nothing. We'll cover it in season two, as yeah. you know. Of course. It yeah. ends with Crush getting a DDT from Miguel. Then. Miguel just bounces off the ropes, gets hit in the back by chains. We get a -a tilt-a-whirl backbreaker from Crush to Miguel. One, two, three. DOA go over and they win. Much more on this in season two. Just wait until you hear the day that Miguel had leading into this match. Yeah. Yeah. And that thing with Jesus. Oh, Jesus and Sonny? Yeah, right? Who would have thought? Standing by, it's Michael Cole with Bret Hart and the Bulldog. Yes. Bret says that Americans are dreaming, and that's all that they ever do. And uh, he'll prove that they, he and the Bulldog are better than any two Americans. As Bulldog says that they're going to be victorious tonight in St. Louis. And that's right here. And I think he wanted to say St. Louis again, but he was like, (laughs) fuck, I already said that. I'm fucked. And they just end it awkwardly. Yeah. Bulldog, not the greatest. Brett, neither. But yeah. yeah. They lean on each other. Vince stalls a bit as they get the flags ready on the post, and he goes over the rules again added to this match. Remember, it's pinfall, submission, or capturing the flag. Uh, Brett Hart's music hits, and he's out with the Bulldog. Vader is injured, and Patriot is sick. Bulldog has a hurt knee. This is going to be a hot one, Jimmy. Oh, this is going to be so good. This is going to be a all Japan level uh, tag classic. Yeah, Wrestle Kingdom fourteen main event. Yeah, yeah. Uh, standing by with Doc Hendricks, it's Vader and the Patriot, and 
Doc says, the pressure is on. The Patriot rambles, and he says, me and the big man are going to get it done. And Vader says that they're uh, that they're facing the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. <laughs> Isn't that a bunch of bullshit? Bullshit. Yeah. And Vince is like, oh, no. Jeez. Tonight we play the pain game, and it's Vader time. And they apologize for Vader cussing. I wonder why he didn't get pushed. <laughs> yeah. That's a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. It's nice to hear Kurt Angle's theme without the you suck. Yeah. And this is awesome. The Patriot comes out first with the Kurt Angle theme. Uh, Vader out to a good reaction too. Yeah. So here we are with that hot, cold, hot, cold again. Yeah. Um, this definitely. match starts out as a brawl and it's all out in the outside and Brett uses a ring bell in the middle of the match. I'm going to fast forward a bit. Yeah. If you want to watch this, go ahead. It's kind of nothing. Uh, if anything, I'd say watch the last 10 minutes. Yeah. It, it drags on quite a bit, but one thing I noticed throughout watching it is that, uh, Vince is taking every chance he can get to bury Brett. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's just like you know, early on in the beatdown, he's like, "That's that's the WWF champion right there, just down." And like every every that's the WWF. Like this is what we're th- yeah. This is what we amount to now. Yeah, yeah. And Austin earlier even said that the Intercontinental title that's the most important title in the WWF. Yeah, Vince didn't no no, no reply. No, yeah, yeah, just burying him. Yeah, yeah, Brett ends up using the ring bell in the middle of this match and he slams Vader and gives him that patented elbow from the second rope and hammers on the Patriot uh, from the outside too. And JR mentions that the hell in the cell, who will face the champion if Brett is still the champion? You mean because Brett has a program and something's going on and well, is he going to, you know, defend the title in a Iron Man match against Miguel? Right. I think, you're right. <laughs> Finished with a top rope hurricane run or reversal yeah. into a sharpshooter. All in one move. Oh, man. Dream dream matches. Wow, dream match. Vader gives a double clothesline to Bulldog and Bret Hart as they try to double clothesline him. And we get a mild tag into the Patriot. He's not hot here. Uh, he's punching and chopping. British Bulldog and Bret Hart, and he gets a nice pop for the Uncle Slam that he delivers to Bret Hart. And we get a one-two. No, British Bulldog breaks it up, and then a fan gets in the ring. This is interesting, and he gets kicked really good from the British Bulldog. Yeah, he gets a gets a solid kick from Bulldog. I think Hebner gets in on it a little bit. Yeah, yeah it's 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 always fun to see somebody who thinks that they can get in the ring take a take a little bit of a beating. Yeah, so you can tell Bret Hart and Patriot kind of take a uh, sidestep and uh, kind of rework what they're going to do, but they collide in the ring, and Vader hits a Vader bomb on Bret Hart while he's down, and British Bulldog and Vader fight on the outside as Bret does a double reverse roll-up and pins the Patriot in holding the tights. Patriot and Vader clear the ring after the match. Bulldog and Bret Hart just win the match by pinfall. Yeah. No build up there. No nothing. nothing no yeah. heat. Uh, the fans don't even react at the end. No. There's nothing. Yeah, there. it's like, all right, we're ready for the main event. Thank God that's over. Yep. One thing, the Patriot goes for a sharpshooter at one point in that match, and then so does Vader almost. Like, he doesn't get a sharpshooter applied, but even Vader's going for the sharpshooter. Um, so I think, I just think it's interesting. That, Another thing of playing off going, Brett going in his own move. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Continues. 
It's almost as if they set up the booking like they know the psychology of Bret Hart. They're like, how much he like, like covets his finisher move that we need to play it into every. Pat Patterson was like, I'm gonna play it into every damn match, and then at the end, <laughs> you're gonna see. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Uh, Brett and Bulldog are just celebrating, kind of like nonchalantly, and Brett just throws an American flag. That's the highlight of the yeah the exit for them. Because what does this match really mean? Nothing. 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 Yeah. I mean, come on, put fucking heart in like a program or something. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, we then get an ad for Survivor Series. Milton Bradley, Karate Fighters presents. Survivor Series, gang rules. Gang rules. You know Milton Bradley, Karate Fighters presents, presents. Gang, gang rules. Yes. Uh, yeah, which is spelled G A N G R U L Z. Z. Very ninety-seven. Yeah. Yes. Live November 9th. and you receive a special dog tag when you mail in your cable bill. Plot twist: Guess who was the first and only person to do that? Was it you? John Cena. <laughs> Man, no wonder he, he holds his dog tags <laughs> so near and dear to his heart. How awesome would that be? Yeah. Uh, Who's actually sending in their cable bill? I think I tried to get my mom to do it. Well, like, I actually, no, we didn't because we had the black box, so it wouldn't have showed up on the cable bill. But, like, I, I can't see any parents being like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll send in my cable bill with all of my account information. <laughs> I can see John Cena's parents doing that. Yeah. Well, his dad's a mark, so. Yeah. And then they send in the results, and the winner from West Newbury, Massachusetts, John Cena! And they play that theme music, yeah, before he even had it. And uh, that kid just grew up to wear those dog tags forever. Yeah. Same dog tags from uh, In Your House, Bad Blood, 1997. Yeah. Fun fact. I mean, just look it up. Yep. And if you can't see it, it's because John Cena's. You can't see anything. Yeah. yeah. Hell in the Cell is going to be lowered. Is it? No. Maybe yet. Yeah. It's going to take Not a little yet. while. Oh, hold on a second. Yeah. Give us a second. Vince says that this will spell the demise of Shawn Michaels. This is no ordinary steel cage, JR says. It's uh, actually a ripoff of War Games. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> kind of is yeah, though. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, for sure. I didn't think about it until uh, recently, like looking back at War Games because it is coming upon us at NXT. But uh, yeah, which I'm excited for. But oh, definitely. Yeah this uh, this was WWF's response to War Games because WCW had had a War Games with the NWO and WCW and uh, didn't really look that great, and they held off for another year. But yeah, this is uh, interesting. Yeah, the structure is 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 pretty much the same. You know, just going over the one ring, but uh, yeah, it's nothing completely original, even though they claimed it as such. Yeah, Jr. says once you get in there, there is nowhere to go when the door is locked and padlocked. Yeah, that, sweet. Nobody can get past padlock. Nope. And Doc is backstage with the Click and Shawn Michaels for this epic. Little promo I'm going to present to you guys. All right, Sean, obviously all the talk is over with. Your illustrious career on the line in moments because only one man is going to walk out of the hell in a cell. Best I can tell, there's good news, there's some bad news. The good news is 
This match is not for my coveted European Championship. That will stay around the waist of our break kid, Shawn Michaels. <laughs> now, the bad news. 15-foot-high steel cage. No way in, no way out. Well, there is one way. Through a locked door. Once I get in, once the Undertaker gets in, it'll be locked behind me, troops. I think I'm going to have to go this one alone. If it weren't for my wonderful athletic ability, the fact that I'm tougher than nails, the fact that I'm the man here in the World Wrestling Federation, the fact that I'm the showstopper, the headliner, the main event, is the only thing that's going to get me through this. That and the fact that I am the most tenacious man in the World Wrestling Federation and the fact of the matter is, ain't nobody crazy enough to do this gig, except for the heartbreak kid. So I'm going to go out there and show you why I am the number one guy in this business today. Gentlemen, thank you very much. All right, with that in mind, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's take you now and show you some of the events that have led up to this extraordinary hell in the cell between Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker. Under the glittering glare of the WWF spotlight, his image has been cast in the role of superstardom. But for Shawn Michaels, image isn't everything. It's the only thing. Perception is reality. I've continued to step to another level. Plus, it really makes people mad when you're sort of a jerk and you don't perform well. And again, that's just and that's just something. Again, it's just about it's just about stirring. The pot, it's about ruffling feathers. It's uh, may not be fair, but when left up to me, I will probably not do the right thing. Now, however, that image and more importantly, his attitude have been dramatically altered. My God, what a shot to the face! Look at the chair! Michael just did it the chair! The flamboyant, charismatic, high flying superstar who once captured the hearts and imagination of all who followed him. differently about his followers and apparently himself. He now stands in a different light, one that burns just as brightly, but reveals a harsh glare under that once cherished image. So let me get this straight. You, the Undertaker, and the best that I can tell, all of the fans of the World Wrestling Federation are dumping this in my life! Uh, yeah? It's just like all the fans of the World Wrestling Federation to not take responsibility for themselves and pass the buck on to the heartbreak kid because everybody knows I don't give a damn what anybody thinks his actions have spoken even louder than his words. But both have been ferociously delivered towards one man. I want you to bring your dead ass Whoa. out here and face me like a man. That's right. The scenario has created more than bad blood between him and the Phenom. 
it is delivered an ultimatum that will be answered one way or another in horrific fashion. And we're moments away as uh, Commissioner Slaughter checking things out around the uh, cell and making sure that the flashlight there. How funny is it that Sergeant Slaughter just has a flashlight looking under the ring? <laughs> Yeah, you know, make sure make sure nobody's hiding. I mean, it makes sense. You know, don't come, don't. No, no. It's happened, but I mean, that's Undertaker's thing. He's coming out main entrance, right? And uh, Jr. brings up we've seen uh, people, we've seen that happen before. We have, we have, but it's still comical. The image of him like searching under the ring with flashlight. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about that HBK promo. Ooh, epic, man! First of all, buries the European title. <laughs> And his in his open mockery of uh oh, thank God that's that the title's not on the line. It's coveted European oh title. Uh, classic. Yeah, and then just further rubs in the you know, calling himself the main event. Uh mm. more, you know, indirect shots uh at Brett. Yep. Uh, further affirmations of him ruffling feathers and liking it. Yeah. And he even says that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's crazy. But uh, this is all to do with you want to see him get his ass kicked. Yeah. And ass kicked, he doth. Oh, yes, he doth. Uh, Sergeant Slaughter and Earl Hebner are checking under the ring. Earl Hebner, you know, good good eye, right? Yeah. yeah. I wonder if when he sees something, he, like, sets it up so that you know he's going to see something like he, like, <laughs> turns... Pivots on his knee and then falls before he yeah. sees something, too. Uh, who knows? Uh, finally, the cage can lower. Nope, not, not fucking yet. Quit saying that. HBK's music hits. And this could be the last time you see Shawn Michaels in the ring. And there might not be anything left of him. Thanks, Vince. Triple H in China out. And they signal for Sean, and he's out, and he waves Rick Rude out. So they're all out. Uh, HBAK gets some fireworks, and the cell begins to lower just a bit. And actually, it's coming down now. But uh, Triple H and uh, China hurry out of the way, and that's good. Yeah, I don't know if you ever... Uh, a couple years ago, Seth Rollins almost got impaled by the Hell in a Cell. Do you remember that? I do. I do, man. That that, that gives me anxiety just watching that clip. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. Very, very close. Um, thunder and Storm. A storm is a coming. Storm's coming. Yes. The click exit under the cell, and the Undertaker's theme hits, and the lights go out. Woo! The crowd is hot for the Undertaker. And we get a great shot of a WWF fan holding a lighter in the whole audience. Uh, this is like a pan out from like the top of the um, arena with like an out of focus fan with a lighter <laughs> and then an in focus shot of Undertaker walking down. This is nice from Kevin Dunn. Thanks. Props. Thanks, Kev. Bucktooth uh, motherfucker. <laughs> Undertaker enters the cell. Um, and I'm not going to go through everything in this. You need to watch this. Oh yeah. This is a first of its kind. Definitely. Uh, 
if you haven't seen it, this is the this is a uh, five star match certified by Uncle Dave. Um, it would be the last five star match in the United States of America until two thousand four. Interesting. Samoa Joe versus CM Punk two, um, in Ring of Honor. But yeah, just everything the way they utilized the cell for being the first of its kind and the first time that they did it, the way that that Sean and Taker work with the cell, they they lay out a blueprint for what a hell in a cell match should be and for, and for what a hell in a cell match was for many years up until, you know, arguably more recently with the PG shift, but, um, just a great, great match. Oh yeah. Um, and there's been a match similar to this. Like I spoke about war games, uh, kind of similar, um, as well as a, Texas death match that was featured and that's on the hidden gems that you can find on uh, the network. Yeah. But it's the original hell in the cell oh, okay. with Tommy rich involved. Tommy rich. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Some uh, old school stuff there. Yeah. Not Good. the greatest match, but yeah, this by far blows everything. Texas death match. Yeah. Check it out. Um, Undertaker is in the ring and they fight. On the inside, then we get a spot during the match where Sean crumples the cameraman. This was a couple, like a uh, couple precursors to it, where you see where they're setting up for it. If you know the spot now, yeah. if you watch it as many times as I have, where you're like, "Oh, he's fucking setting up." Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's awesome. Um, then they go outside of the cell. They're on top of the cell. Holy shit. Yeah. Shawn Michaels and Undertaker on are on top of this cell, 20, 30 feet above, would yeah. you say? Yeah. This is crazy. And we get some backdrops from the Undertaker to Shawn Michaels on top of the cell. We are so lucky and fortunate that it didn't break here. Yeah. But it does break later. Um, yeah. Yeah. Crazy, just yeah, scary, and the the amount of balls it takes for both those guys to get up there when that when you know I doubt that there was very much testing on the durability of the roof. Yeah, um, Shawn Michaels crazy. is a light guy, so I think he was cocky about yeah. it too. Yeah, but still, it's just bonkers. Yeah, so uh, Shawn Michaels is trying to crawl off, and he's on the edge, and Undertaker hammers or stomps on the hands of. Shawn Michaels and sends him flying off, I guess, the top section of the cage onto the announce table. And oh my God, he may be broken in half. Thanks, JR. He might be. Yeah. Not God as his witness. He is broken in half. He might, might be broken in half, half from halfway up the cell. uh, Classic spot. Yep. JR classic calling too. Um, Vince says that he's never seen anything like this and there has never been anything like this ever. Huh. I guess he's right. Yeah. In a way we haven't seen a spot like this. No, no. I mean, there's never, you know, we mentioned war games. I don't think there was ever a war games match where they broke out of the cage and went through a table. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. We got an epic powerbomb where Brian Pillman got his head rammed into the cage and almost broke his fucking neck, but yeah. That was real. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I mean, not that this wasn't real, but yeah. This was a pre-planned spot. 
Anyways, into the match, Undertaker throws Shawn Michaels around and slams him on the outside. He stalks HBK around the cell, and they go back into the cell. A huge clothesline from Undertaker to HBK, and he puts Shawn Michaels on the top turnbuckle, punches him, and gives Shawn Michaels a choke slam from the top rope. They both go flying into the middle. This is an awesome spot. Yeah. HBK has blood everywhere. Undertaker goes to get a chair from under the ring, and he comes back and nails Shawn Michaels in the head so hard. Yeah. Like, payback, a receipt. For for all for that string of chair shots. Wow, the, the echo dome. on this. Yeah. Oh. Undertaker cuts the throat, and then all of a sudden, the lights go out. And we get this music. With a hi-hat count in. Yeah. Needless to say. Some creepy Oregon music. And oh my God. It's Paul Bear. And that's gotta be. That's gotta be Kane. That's gotta be. That's gotta be Kane. That's got to be Kane. Yes. That is Vince. Thanks for. I mean I was. I was hyped off this. Yeah. Kane comes in and rips the door off the cell. Kane enters the ring. Undertaker is left in shock. Kane and Undertaker stare off, and then Kane hits his famous spot where instead of calling for the lights to come up in the darkness, he calls for the flames on the turnbuckles. Wow. Maybe that's what they had a hard time um, getting the flags attached to. (laughs) That's what it was. Yeah. Uh, Anyhow. Um... Undertaker and Kane are staring off, and Kane just chops Undertaker and gives him a tombstone. Wait, wait, well, oh, oh, not this camera angle. The, the, wait, yeah. Turn around. This where's the hard cam? He struggles a bit to find the hard cam, and then yeah. Kane delivers it. This what kind of killed the whole momentum on a it. A little but bit. Yeah, it's only because I know of the production. But yeah, yeah. still does a good job. Paul Bear pours water on referee Earl Hebner, we get a lot of boos from the fans. HBK just slides over after Undertaker gets a tombstone from Kane. One, two, three, so much blood everywhere. Yeah. Shawn Michaels wins. Boo, 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 boo. Ah, ah, yeah. Triple H and China come out to help HBK. Yeah. Um, and he gets dragged out as Rude's, Rude holds the ropes for them. Um, and Shawn Michaels is going to Survivor Series to meet the WWF champion. Finally. Whoever that will be. 18, well, yeah, unless, you know, unless Miguel is able to capture the gold. Yes. Um, or the be- Brooklyn Brawler from yeah. that Battle Royal. That's remember. right. Yeah. Or, you know, but we'll finally get the rematch that's been 18 months in the making. Wow. 18 plus months in the making. Wow. Um, but, yeah, just... Such a so much going on here, um, you know. It's it's sort of a screwy finish, but it doesn't take away from the match because the impact of Kane's debut is massive. Oh my god! Yeah, the biggest thing. Yeah. What did, what was your what were your first impressions of Kane? I loved it. Yeah. I uh, I loved him. Like I was like I need to get that toy. Yeah. He's my favorite wrestler. Yeah. The mask. Um, the, yeah. Everything. Badass. I don't know. I was into that stuff. Yeah, me too. Me too. I just could, I remember looking at it and just being like, and being shocked of like the the image of Undertaker looking up at Kane, which I shouldn't have been because there's been a few other guys that Undertaker's had to look up at. Giant Gonzalez comes yeah, to mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this was different. This was a you know this was a personal feud, and um, 
yeah, just, I mean, a little hic- a couple little hiccups here and there, but just a fantastic debut from, from Kane. I agree. I agree. This is awesome. Um, yeah. So, uh, Shawn Michaels is going on to meet the champion and this is kind of a, like you didn't think about it. I mean, I guess, I don't know, just being a fan, you didn't know what was going to happen. You think it's going to be Undertaker and Bret Hart again, maybe. Yeah. But then this swerve comes and, uh, I fell in love with Kane trying to follow anything that he would do. And, um, to follow up the end of this match, Triple H and China are holding uh, HBK up, who has a fucking huge cut that he did down the middle of his forehead. Yeah. A huge gash. Um, and a- Triple H does the suck it for HBK, yeah. which is nice. <laughs> the and assisted you, suck it. But you can see HBK giving subtle directions, like mouthing them. Yeah. But he is a match master ventriloquist. That's a, another thing that wrestlers could fall back on. If they don't uh, make it in wrestling, yeah, they could be ventriloquist if they're ah. good at calling spots without people see them. That's true. That's yeah. true. I didn't think of that. But it's got to be Kane. Yeah, that's got to be Kane. It yeah. is Kane. I mean, you gave it away enough. Yeah. I know it's him. Undertaker finally gets up and he's confused. Vince plugs Survivor Series yeah. one last time and it's going to be in Montreal and we go off the air. That was bad blood. Yeah. Awesome. Last uh, thoughts, anything? Uh, you know, it's sort of a one-match show, but goddamn if that one match uh, isn't one for the ages. Yeah, uh, I really love that match. Um, it, You're right. Just one-match show. Nothing else. Yeah, but it's it's man, one of the, one of the best of all time. Jimmy, do you have any old wrestling shirts? You know, I, when I was a young man, I uh, had a bunch of uh, very terrifically 90s wrestling t-shirts. I had one cane uh, shirt that was long sleeves, and it was particularly uh, just terrible. Uh, but sometimes I wish I could find some of those old ones, you know? So do I. I had the Kevin Nash. He had the backwards Tupac bandana. That was too sweet. But I do know this awesome place. It's called the thesavagestash.com. It's your wheeler and dealer for the best vintage wrestling shirts, merch, and everything in between. The absolute cream of the crop. Yeah. The Savage Stash. The Savage Stash. SavageStash.com. Newest thing I got was the fanny pack, man. It's awesome. It's neon orange, and then there's a neon green one. What more can you ask for? It's got the logo that says the Savage Stash. Put all your good stash elements in there. Yeah, everybody's everybody's holding on to one of these. I've seen pictures with Okada mm. holding a Savage Stash fanny pack. Kenny Omega, possibly? Yes. Wow. Oh, my goodness. So, good. Do yourself Crazy. a favor. Buy the fanny pack. Yes. Go on there. TheSavageStash.com. It's the cream of the crop. Yeah. Dig in. Hey, Jimmy, you want to tell everybody about where we work on the side? Absolutely. Uh, DCW, District City Wrestling. And, Jimmy, you're a commentator announcer there? Yeah, I could I could call myself the voice of DCW if I was really feeling good about myself. There you go. I like it. And you've got a hand in it as well. Yes, I do. I do some production media there. I also wrestle. 
Um, yeah, but check us out. You can find us on Facebook at District City Wrestling, or you can find us on Instagram at, at OfficialDCW or Twitter at OfficialDCW. Check us out. Let us know what you think. Hey guys, uh, if you're uh, into uh, reading about pro wrestling and a uh, fan's perspective and a fan's journey, uh, check out my buddy Dan Zine. It's called Hot Tag. Uh, and he gets into his journey as a fan, um, as well as bringing in some of his friends. I uh, wrote a piece for the uh, third issue. Um, so he has that. Uh, check it out. It's at hottag.bigcartel.com. Uh, it's good stuff. Get into it. So this is it, Jimmy. This yep. is the uh, the last bit of episode ten. This is our last episode, right? Don't we do just like ten episodes and we end a uh, podcast, right? Yeah, that's right. That's, that's ten how it goes ten, and then we're ten yeah, done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just we got the got the Netflix deal. Yeah, ten episodes. Okay, good to go. So catch up with us next season <laughs> on Los Periquas forever. All right. Now that uh, no, we have the rest of this is the Fallout show. Raw yeah. two twenty eight from Kemper Arena live Kansas City Missouri yeah sweet and October sixth nineteen ninety seven yeah kind of kind of eerie that the that they're the Kemper Arena because isn't that where Owen Hart died I don't know I think Kansas City Missouri I'm I'm not sure they might have it might it might have been a new arena I think it was the Kemper Arena um, so just like really eerie that Brian Pillman's you know sort of not a full tribute show but a his memorial on Raw takes place wow. in the same building that Owen Hart died in. Wow. Give me some uh, big news there, man. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. Wow. This is crazy. Um, the beginning of the show, Vince is in the ring. Ladies and gentlemen, last night, yesterday afternoon, Brian Pillman was found dead. Wrestlers have put their differences aside, and we're going to toll the bell ten times. For the late, great Brian Pillman. And it's not a flattering picture of Brian Pillman either on the Titan Tron. No, yeah, he's looking looking kind of strung out. Yeah, then we get right from that with all the superstars out. It's uh, Goldust and Marlena hugging each other and the Hart Foundation in the foreground. And the rest of the WWF roster in the background. Yeah. uh, At the top of the ramp. And uh, then we go right into the intro for Raw is War. Whatever. Yeah. Didn't, I mean, they're, you know, this is uncharted territory for him. Uh, so 10 bell salute. It's always an emotional thing. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be an interesting night. To say the least, HBK is out with Triple H in China. No Rick Rude. China's outfit is uh, just a spandex leotard. Just she cut some scissor holes in it. Yeah. Pretty revealing for the time, I guess. We get some fireworks for them coming in, and HBK got 16 stitches in his head. Holy shit. That was a deep, deep, deep cut. Yeah. Uh, Michael Cole says, 
Shawn Michaels may have been in the greatest match in WWF history, and he's not wrong. No, this yeah. could have been. It's a good call. Yeah, and Shawn Michaels says that they want to give Michael Cole an official hello from the Click, and they give Michael Cole an atomic wedgie, the sophomoric wedgie, as Vince calls it. Yes, indeed, he does say that. And Triple H puts Cole in a headlock, and Shawn Michaels goes on to say that he is the greatest sports entertainer. And last night, after putting an end to The Undertaker, he skyrocketed himself from the status of superstar to the one and only official icon of the WWF. And that word icon has been thrown around very loosely in this business. And he is not one of those fossils that claims to be an icon, and he's the icon that can still go. Yeah, because meanwhile at WCW, I think this is right after uh, Hogan versus Piper in a steel cage, which was dubbed the Battle of the Icons. Uh, so taking this opportunity to appropriately bury them because that match was awful. Yep, yep. Whew. And uh, Shawn Michaels is hot right here, and he asks Triple H, Is that a lie? And if the truth, and Triple H asks HBK, who is the man? Me. Who is the showstopper? Me. Who is the main event? Shawn Michaels. Me. And what is the greatest force in professional wrestling today? The click. The click. Ooh, HBK asks the guys in the back to play this fine performance from last night at Bad Blood. We get a bit of a stall, and Vince says, do we have it? Do we? Do we have it? JR says, well, we're live, everybody in Kansas City. Of course, that's technical difficulties. Of course. Uh, Vince, can you get one of these guys to play the footage, says HBK. And then, bam, wait a minute. Uh, uh, what is that? They play the Madison Square Garden curtain call footage of HBK, Triple H, Razor Ramon, and Diesel. Crazy. Whoa. Crazy. And they mock it like, hey, hey, that's Freezer. Hey, that's Diesel. That's Triple H and HPK. You're a good guy and you're a bad guy. How do they want to? And yeah, wow, this is awesome. Yeah. Um, Revolutionary. Yeah. Shawn Michaels says they made an ass out of Vince that night. He's in Vince's face and he says that they shamed his father and that Vince has been an ass way before that, though. This is awesome. Yeah. Um, and they go to a commercial and come back and the click is still bothering, still just verbally berating him the entire berating him the entire time. And finally the heart foundation come out and the heart foundation deliver this, uh, promo and we'll go to the audio right here. I've sat back. Very fitting. Hit the heart music back in the truck. They're burning my ass out here. Somebody salvage. Quick, get us out of here. Help, get me out of here. Quick, get us out of here. They're burying me. They're burying me. (laughs) Hey, you thought you were burying yourself before. Bringing that idiot out here is even worse. During the entire break, we have been subject to a most disrespectful diatribe. (laughs) Boy toy. You can go ahead and look at your big hero, because this is what it's come down to. You should have 
yourselves because you're looking at somebody that's got no respect for anything or anybody. Shawn Michaels. Yes, Bret Hart. You're a disgrace to professional wrestling. You know, I'm a second generation wrestler. I paid my dues like a lot of second generation wrestlers. And you are nothing but the lowest form of scum that I've ever come across. Spare me your cheers. Shawn Michaels, you're nothing but a degenerate. And I think I know, as the rest of the Heart Foundation knows, what the HHH stands for in HBK. You're nothing but a homo. And that guy there in the green shirt is nothing but a homo. Oh, I'm no queer. your way to some kind of main event one pay-per-view after another but the fact is I make more money than all three of you guys combined in the ring and this here is what it's all about and until you have this I don't care what you say or what you think but you will never ever ever be the showstopper until you take this thing away from me the first one to beat The Undertaker, you're just a little too late. You know, Shawn Michaels, The Click, and those other two guys that you got with you, well, you know what? Your other boyfriend, Diesel and Razor, I ran those two guys out of town and I'm going to run both of you out of town and you know what? I'm going to start with that degenerate right beside you in the green shirt, Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Tonight, I issue you a challenge to step in the ring with the best there is, the best there was. that there ever will be. Yeah, but do you want him to wrestle you tonight? <laughs> the question is, do you want him to wrestle you? I want Hunter Hearst Helmsley because I don't need to wait. I don't need to come down there and take you right now. I've got you in the Survivor Series, and when that day comes, I'm going to kick your little scrawny ass. Well, is Helmsley going to accept the challenge or not? Is this a debate? I've got two words for the hitman, Bret Hart. Suck it, and I've got more. I got news for you. You may have made more money, but you do not have more money because the heartbreak kid is the main event. He wrestles once a month, once a week. The hitman's working every day, nine to five for his money because he needs it. The heartbreak kid is in this business because this business needs the heartbreak kid. 
It needs Triple H. It needs China. It needs Ravishing Rick. Bret Hart, you are a zero, my hero. And the only way for you to get in the main event at Survivor Series is to wrestle the Heartbreak Kid. Otherwise, you will always be a paper champion and you will always be nothing more than just support on my pay-per-view events. The Heartbreak Kid and his clique will rule the World Wrestling Federation and from this day until the day I decide differently. From Triple H, China, Ravishing Rick, and my friends. Oh, and by the way, Bret Hart, you didn't destroy the clique. Don't confuse expansion with destruction. The clique owns this business and its Survivor Series. The clique and the Heartbreak Kid are gonna own you. Ladies and gentlemen, a most unusual night is unfolding here live from Kansas City. Can only get even more unusual as we progress. So I'm getting, uh, getting really into that, Jimmy. Yeah, I was doing a little dance there. I saw you. Yeah, yeah. Fucking Shawn Michaels mark. Yeah, a little, little bit. I mean, I'm a heart mark at heart. Yeah, that was uh, awesome, though. Yeah, no, that's anytime those two are... Uh, on the mic against each other, it's it's always uh, it's bound to get personal. A little cringy, little cringy with the uh, you know, um, you know some of the uh, homo stuff that, that Brett was throwing out. Yeah, I mean, the use of the word homo, not <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, no, I know. Yeah, and uh, Triple H is like like <laughs> your typical like high school. I'm no queer. Like that was it was that was a little cringy, but this is you know, and they go when you see interviews and I think, you know, we're going to read a little bit from Brett's book. Like Brett was very hesitant to uh, throw this out there, but this was stuff that Sean and Hunter were insisting uh, that he throw out. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Vince, Vince as well, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, the lines about the money. Yeah. And that's another thing too. Um, I think that was added in there as well because Brett Hart had never talked about money before. Yeah. But Shawn Michaels originally did when he said he would sell his own family. Yeah. Uh, Bret Hart. So he's getting man- manipulated into working himself into a shoot. They yeah. really are working, Bret. Yeah. Um, and this is the classic. I got two words for you. Suck it. Is this the first time? I, th- I mean, it's he's nailing it, though. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Good God. That was yeah. just great. Yeah. Just great, great stuff. Um, right after that, we get Vince saying that tonight, Melanie Pillman will join us and Austin will be here. Then why is Melanie Pillman going to be there? Yeah, it's, they, you know, we'll keep, we'll keep going back to it. But yeah, they're using, uh, an interview with, uh, Brian Pillman's widow to, to promote the show and, uh, guess, keep, I, keep people tuned in. Yeah. I guess I want to see that. Definitely a way to keep people tuned in. 
Yeah. Also, this a lumberjack match tonight with the Godwins and Headbangers. Okay. <laughs> Back from commercial, we get a recap of Bad Blood and the tag match that took place, and how the Godwins won with a little bit of help from Cletus using the horseshoe. We didn't see that during the match, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cletus works in mysterious ways. Yes. That's his theme music. <laughs> Godwin's out, and we have some lumberjacks on the outside. It's the Disciples of Apocalypse, Billy Gunn, Sultan, the new Blackjacks, the Truth Commission, with Don Callis. He's actually in a shirt and some gear. Yeah. Uh, Flash Funk, the Nation, the LOD, and they announce the match of Owen against Hawk tonight for the Intercontinental Championship. Austin. And awesome. And if Austin will be here tonight and involved in that match, we'll see. Hmm. We don't know. Hmm. Anyhow, Godwins are in control of this awesome match. This is such an awesome match. Just blew me away. Uh <laughs> Just in, in terms of innovation and athletic ability, uh, I mean, you can't get can't doesn't get much better than the God ones. No, Vince uh, on commentary blames Rude for the tasteless footage shown on the screen earlier of the curtain call. Uh, he said that's why he was conspicuous by his absence. He was in the truck pulling the strings. Yep. JR wonders if HBK is calling the shots up north or down south. We don't know. Oh, big play on to little insider yeah. reference there. North is WWF and South is WCW, huh? Interesting. Could this be all just a setup? Then all hell breaks loose and the lumberjacks are all in the ring and mayhem is going on as Mosh in the Mosh pit of it all rolls up Phineas one, two, three in this non title match. So so the story of feud will continue. Yeah, here we go. Then we get a picture of Pillman and Austin in the home of Brian Pillman. And that's when they were the Hollywood Blondes. And Vince mentions the Hollywood Blondes by name. Yeah, which I, they didn't do, do a lot of that when, when they were feuding, if at all. No. Uh, but we will hear from Melanie tonight. And later, we will get Bret Hart and Triple H. Okay, awesome. And then James E. Cornette will be back. And Corny mentions Eric Bischoff. Well, it's going to be hot. What's he got to say? Mm-hmm. He said Eric Bischoff. I know that name. That's WCW. So he's going to be talking trash. Yep. And then back and earlier today, Miguel Perez of Los Bariquas calls out Mark Marrow. And it's mainly in Spanish, so we don't understand it because yeah. I don't know. I think he says something to the effect of, Mark Marrow, more like Mark Perro. Nice. Ah. Hey, that was good. Yeah. Uh, Mark Marrow out with a huge tit, a uh, huge pop. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, with Sable, Mark Marrow has a new theme and attitude. Yeah. Wow. This Jerry the, says, oh, good. Yeah, the debut of Marvelous Mark Marrow. He's got the boxing gear. Mm-hmm. Gone is the wild man. Gone is little Richard. No. Wow. None of that anymore. And Jerry says, let's face it. If Sable wasn't here, Mark wouldn't be anything new. 
Yeah. He's he's right. True. He's right. Uh they're they're getting real there with the uh the realness of why Mark Merrow has a job in the WWF. Yep. Uh, Merrow takes control with some punches during the match because this is his new thing. He's marvelous at punching. Yeah. Uh Merrow hits a TKO. That's a nice maneuver, and it's over. Yeah. Uh Sable has the whip and Jerry is whipped. On that and says, uh, Marrow better not get rid of his meal ticket. That's right. That's right. All right, that's it. Let's go to Jim Cornette with this awesome audio. Um, he is speaking his mind on wrestling and the state of it. Corny's Corner. Why they're all employed, why they're all in the spot they are today? 
because of Eric Bischoff, the boss of WCW, not the NWO. Look at the credits on their pay-per-view if you can get one for free. The idiot's name is on it. He's the boss of WCW. He works for Ted Turner, and he throws a billionaire's money around just like water so that he can have guys that he likes to hang out with. Because even more than being a mark, yeah, for his own face and his own voice, Eric Bischoff is a guy who's a big fan of hanging around studly guys with long hair and beards that smoke cigars and ride Harleys so that some of that can rub off on his little pansy-ass frame. So he takes that billionaire's money and he throws it around like water to buy guys that he can hang around with to prove that his Johnson is bigger than everybody else's. And that's the sole reason that the NWO guys are employed. I think, me personally, that it's about time that the wrestling fans and the promoters, all of them in this business started recognizing guys like Nature Boy Ric Flair, like Arn Anderson, like Cactus Jack, guys who bust their ass, who work hard and have ability and have talent to get where they are instead of a bunch of guys that get to their spot by hanging around with the boss and sucking up. I'm Jim Cornette, and that's my opinion. It's a pretty cool segment. Uh, definitely aimed at the uh, at the smart marks out there and sort of rewarding rewarding the hardcore fans for tuning in, getting a little... Uh, oh, yeah. Get a little shoot ski. Yeah, that's nice. It says some off putting things about the former talent that is now in WCW. Yeah. In the NWO front. So Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Uh we'll see how far these go as we continue on our origin of attitude. Uh then we get a shot of the crowd after that and we go to Pillman's house again. And we're still pushing for that interview segment. We yeah. go to a commercial, back from commercial, and we're live with the nation out with Rocky Maya Villa. And Jerry says, "We're live, and I'm sure tonight you miss you. W- you wish we were on tape, Vince, huh? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he does. Thanks, Jerry. Yeah. And the British Bulldog is out with the Heart Foundation. That's Owen, Anvil, and Brett. And Vince says, and I quote." And conspicuous by his absence, Brian Pillman. Are you fucking kidding me? Come on, Vince. Are you an idiot? I cannot believe he said that. I rewound that twice. Yeah. He says, conspicuous by his absence, Brian Pillman. Do you have an update? Awful. Yeah. No. Come on. So much silence after that. And then says, the nation out with Rocky. Thank you. For breaking that awkward silence. But uh, Rocky and the British Bulldog lock up and JR boast about The Rock. And Jerry and JR bring up the difference in the fan reactions in the arenas that they have according to the Hart Foundation's uh, likeness or area. So they're hot, they're cold, you know, depending on where we are. Yeah, yeah. I think that still stands true, but we don't really uh, follow that as much. Yeah, it's not the focal point of the story, their story anymore, but it's still, it's still definitely present. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chicago loves heels, you know, oh. so Rocky has been in control of this match and does a show off elbow during the match. It's almost close to the people's it's getting elbow. there. It's almost there. He's getting really cocky. Rocky, the cocky guy, uh, JR Rocky, said, the, Rocky, the cocksure <laughs> tormentor. Yes. Sorry. JR says, Bret Hart and HBK should have a financial statement match. Oh, Ooh, bringing real elements in here. Then Rocky goes for um, swinging British Bulldog, and we get a running power slam from the British Bulldog. One, two, three. Farouk attacks the Hart Foundation as they're celebrating. 
Um, and then we get refs and bells and we get a big schmaz and they separate the factions. So interesting. Yeah. So, up next, everyone. He is next, says Vince. It's Austin. He. And he says, I hope he does the right thing and makes the right decision. Awesome. Thanks. Then we enter the war zone and we get a recap of bad blood in the incident from the encore being played on uh, pay-per-view tomorrow night. So you want to see that. We get the intro music and another recap of bad blood with the Steve Blackman theme and Farouk and Owen. And they show a picture of Austin and the crowd pops just from a picture of Austin. Yeah, that's how over he is. Yeah. They recap the match from Bad Blood between Farouk and Owen. And Austin's music hits, and he's out. And Vince has a clipboard in hand, and he's questioning Austin. And let's go to this audio here. I think everybody here, 
I think everybody here wants you to sign this piece of paper and get back in the squared circle. I don't. Well, I don't want to even think about the alternative. You're damn right. You don't want to think about that. You sit here every damn Monday night, every pay-per-view, and you say, Steve Olson, the toughest SOB in the World Wrestling Federation, and that sure is the damn truth. But if I was to come out here and sign your little piece of paper right off the bat, I'd be the dumbest SOB in the WWF, and that ain't true. So what I will do is I'll sign your little piece of paper. If you'll sign a piece of paper that says you're going to give me Owen Hart's ass the next opportunity you can give it in an intercontinental title match because I won't have it any other way. this straight you'll sign this and return to action as long as you get Owen Hart in a match you've got him congratulations you got my word on it going for a handshake in an intercontinental title match I want to beat the living hell out of Owen Hart but when you drop Steve Austin on his head when you damn near paralyze Steve Austin when you take what's taken me eight years to get I want his ass, but I want my belt back. So if I get that, you damn right, I'll sign my life away. You've got my word on it. Going for the handshake again. You can put your little hand down in your pocket or wipe your ass with it. <laughs> Good Lord. You don't think for one split second that I'm going to come out here and shake your hand up and down and expect to trust you. You show me a piece of paper that says I get the match. You show me that piece of paper, you sign that, and I'll sign yours not a second before, and that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. Oh, Hunk, let me tell you what the bottom line is, and I'm going to kick your hunk ass. You think you that's because you parade around with a bald head and tattoos on each arm that makes you tough? Well, let me tell you what makes you tough. Tough is waking up on a winter's morning, having to fight your brothers for one jacket to see who wears it to school. Tough is having to eat collard greens with your hands because you don't have a fork to go around. Let me tell you what tough really is. Getting up on a bright Christmas morning, watching your younger siblings cry because they don't have brand new bicycles to ride around on like everyone else. Yo, you parade around here and use the word ass and think you're a big man. That makes you tough. No, let me tell you where I'm from. And when we use the word ass, what the context is. You suck your business in your nose and nation's business. And let me tell you something, Buck. The way we use the word ass is that your ass belongs to me and the nation. That's so get right. it ready, sit on it, look at it all you can right now. Because the bottom line is, it belongs to Farouk. Shut up. Farouk wants Stone Cold's ass. When I get through with my legal problems, when I get all this BS solved between me and Vince McMahon, you damn right, I'll take every one of you sorry pieces of trash on. Bring it on. Every Bring it damn on. one of you. Bring because it, on. it ain't a race thing, it ain't a color thing, it's a me kicking your ass thing, and can't nobody stop. Well, you we'll bring stop. it on, we'll see we'll about that, Don't worry, we'll stop you. Notice what else is gonna Austin doesn't do any me. legal work on what screen. Big thing about him, doesn't sign a contract yet. So this is big time. Um, they reference, "Would you like to be sued, King?" Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Ooh, 
King's already been sued, but yeah. let's not bring that up too much. <laughs> and Farouk is on the screen, and when he says, uh, a bald head and tattoos on your arms, Austin doesn't have tattoos on his arms. Yeah, Farouk. yeah, he's got that one on his calf, and I think that's about it. You're an idiot. Yeah. Anyways, this is an epic little promo. But yeah. What else is going to happen here tonight? Austin taunts King and hops into the ring and kicks his crown into the crowd. Punts the crown, and it's great. And then, again, credit where credit's due. Kevin Dunn will get a good shot every now and then. He does close up on the fan yep. who, who who has caught the crown and put it on. It's a great, it's a fun little shot. I love it. Then we go live to Walton, Kentucky, and it's a photo of Brian Pillman with his son or daughter, whoever, whichever child that is. But, yeah, yeah an intimate photo. JR then says, it'll be Bret Hart and Triple H, and then Owen Hart will defend his Intercontinental title against the man, and he says it like he's hacking something up, but that just plays into this shitty promo. Yeah. Well, and Hawk makes a promo about clearing his throat. And his larynx. It's so cheesy. Yeah. But it all tied in. Uh, JR, I guess, helped write that one. You're a loogie. Yeah. Yeah. Tonight, the war zone is brought to you by the U.S. Army. Wow, this is like one of the first times. Yeah. Uh, and Snickers. Find us at U.S. Army on AOL online. Keyword U.S. Army. Oh, I'm going to look them up. Good right old now. keywords, yeah. Rest in peace, AIM. Yeah. yeah. Gone. Not forgotten. No. So Owen is out, and he says he can't wait for Austin to be allowed to wrestle again. And if Austin wants to, he doesn't have to wait. And then he can take his best son, best shot, son. Well, he, he threatens a lawsuit. Then he says Austin can take his best shot. You got to make your mind up, Owen. Send him mixed signals. You're going to kick his leg out of his leg? What are you going to do? <laughs> like, come on. Then we get Hawk out, and he gets a pop, though. Yeah. LOD will always get a pop. Yeah. yeah. Seems like it. Yeah. Um, Hawk is in control at first. Uh, we get a big power slam. Close lines into the... Con- corner and owen takes control and hits an enziguri then all of a sudden the godwins come out this feud is still going on between the godwins and the road warriors hawk is actually selling for owen during this match this is crazy yeah what the fuck owen gut wrench suplex an emotionless hawk one two no then hammers him in the corner Again, nothing from Hawk. Uppercuts him. Then a clothesline from Hawk to Owen. Then finally a low blow from Owen. And Hawk hits the ropes and gets hit with a bucket from Phineas on the outside. And Owen fights on as Animal comes out and evens the score a bit. Then Hawk is on the top rope. Hits a clothesline to Owen from the top rope. This is nice. Yeah. Um, As Cletus distracts the referee, Henry hits the horseshoe on Hawk's head. And Owen immediately pins Hawk one two three. Owen gets another assisted victory. Uh, Jr. says eventually it'll be a slobber knocker between these two. Gold Dust and or, I mean, eventually it'll be a slobber knocker between these two. Godwin's and LOD. Eventually, like we haven't fucking seen that. But, oh yeah. man, yeah. Eventually, let's see. Eventually, we'll see this for the twenty eighth time. Hmm. Then we get a shot of uh, Melanie Pillman. She's looking so sad. Yeah. And they adjust and zoom in on her. I bet she doesn't know that this is live right now. Yeah. Fucking bastards. Stay with us. 
Stay tuned. Because we're going to fucking just expose everything here. Yeah. Uh, let's go to this audio. Joining us now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, in suburban Cincinnati, uh, the wife of Brian Pillman, Melanie Pillman. Melanie, thank you so much. I'm sure you're distraught, shocked, dismayed over this this news, and we thank you very much for for joining us tonight. I wonder, there's a great deal of speculation, obviously, uh, when a 35-year-old man who is in competitive condition passes away. Can you please tell us to end whatever speculation there may be? Can you What can you tell us about what you have been told uh, as far as Brian's death is concerned? Um, well, um, apparently there was a problem with his heart, and... Uh, Apparently his heart was put under a lot of stress for some reason, and um, I can't really, uh, you know, tell you for sure what that reason was, but it was apparent heart attack and sleep, and until uh, um, the tests all are back, uh, it, it's kind of inconclusive right now, but um, um, apparently uh, his, his heart was under a lot of stress. It was, there was oh. some speculation last night when we spoke, uh, oh. Brian because of his injuries, has had to take a great deal of prescribed medicine. Oh, There's some speculation that, that he may have taken too much, if in fact that is proven to be the case, which it is yet to be. She kind of winced. Is there anything that you would want to say to aspiring athletes who do get hurt and have to resort to prescribed medication, painkillers? Well, Vince, I, you know, I can't comment on whether that you know, I know that my husband, well, not only was he an athlete, but he was involved in a car accident, too, when he had extensive injuries from that. Yes. Um, and uh, and it went, after the accident, it was a lot harder for him. But um, I think all athletes, to a degree, um, experience a reliance on pain medicine. And, um, you know, I knew it was just a matter of time before um, it happened to someone. And um, fortunately, it, it was my husband. And um, I just want everyone to know that um, I hate it's a wake-up call to some, some of you because um, it could be your husband next or it could be you. And, you know, you don't want to leave behind a bunch of orphans like my husband did. Melanie, how, uh, oh how are the children taking um, this news and, and do they understand? Well, um, I've four-year-old doesn't understand it. That's little Brian. Um, he, he doesn't understand why daddy's not coming home. But um, Brittany understands because uh, she's my adopted child and she's she's the um, biological child of my husband and another woman and that woman killed herself two years ago. So Brittany's uh, lost her mom and, and her dad biological. And uh, you know she just screamed for about 15 minutes. And um, I don't know, Vince. It's hard. Have you this had? It's really hard. But you, I'm doing. Have you had any opportunity to think about what you now, as a single parent, will do to support your five children? Vince, I don't even uh, really know what day it is, you know. So uh, I don't um, know what I'm going to do. Um, but I know that the outpouring of support that I've gotten from the fans and from the company. Um, is helping me go on. 
I mean, just everyone's calling and everyone's the fans and on the internet and um, people are just supporting me all around and and uh, but um, as far as what I'll do after this is over, I don't know. I don't even know, Vince. I don't know. Is um, how how would you like for Brian to be remembered by WWF fans and fans all over the world? Vince, I would like Brian to be remembered as just one of the most compassionate and loving men ever and uh, the greatest father in the world, the best father in the world. And um, he also loved his business, Vince. And, um, I guess you could say he lived for this business, and he died for this business. And I hope no one else has to die. Melanie, we thank you very much for joining us tonight. And Thanks. on behalf of the WWF and its fans and its superstars, you have our heartfelt condolences. Thank you thank again. You. Thank you, Vince. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we have a video tribute we would like to present. Brian Pillman was a very special person. On May 22nd, 1962, Brian Pillman began his battle with life. Born with throat cancer, his childhood was a constant fight for survival as he endured the pain of 36 throat operations. For Brian, life was a competition and he lived like he competed as if there were no tomorrow. When coaches told Brian he was too small to compete in sports, he chose to play football. Brian earned an athletic scholarship at Miami of Ohio, then went on to become an All-American. In 1984, he was passed over in the NFL draft, but Pillman walked into the Cincinnati Bengals training camp, made the team, and won the prestigious Ed Block Courage Award. Injuries cut his football career short, so Pillman took on a new challenge. He trained with the legendary Hart family and found his true calling. Brian Pillman reveled in the athleticism and outrageousness of being a superstar. It suited his lifestyle. Then life threw him another challenge. A horrific accident with a drunk driver was nearly fatal. Brian's leg and ankle were shattered. His wrestling career was seemingly over. As usual, Pillman refused to quit. His shattered ankle was fused into one position, and despite constant pain, he returned to the ring. Ironically, Brian was most proud of that which came without a struggle, the love of his wife Melanie and his five young children. His battle with life ended tragically Sunday in a hotel room in Bloomington, Minnesota. But Brian Pillman's legacy of Not courage photo. will live Just forever. Look at the bruises from the accident, I believe. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the War Zone. Uh, we are here in Kansas City. We are live, and it has been a very emotional 24-hour period for all of us, King. And whether you love Brian Pillman as a competitor or hated him, uh, I'm going to miss his spirit. And... Uh, it's hard to believe that he's not with us. Well, I mean, you know, the, the uh, video piece that, that you voiced over was was very fitting. I mean, he struggled with life. And, and uh, Brian Pillman 
was not the same to you and I as he was to the majority of these fans. I mean, they didn't know him like we knew him, and, and you're right. We're all going to miss Brian Hill. Folks, it's been a shocking night. We've heard uh, some shocking wow. things from Sean Just Michaels. Awful, the click we awful saw. all around that they would, you know, try to exp- – it feels exploitive. Yeah. And in a big way, and it's definitely, um, if nothing else, tasteless. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's one thing. I'm, I don't know if I'm against the idea of having the interview all together. Like, if it's she wanted to speak, and you know, they want to do an interview, that's one thing. But to promote it throughout the show, yeah, and to ask some of the questions that that Vince asks, yeah, it. Just awful. Cover our tracks and save our ass. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, def- comes off just like that. Deflecting and just like the one, the one question that really like got me more than the others is like he asked her, "What, what are you gonna do now?" Right. To support your family as a single parent, like, what the fuck, man? Like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's like, because I know a guy named Shawn Michaels. <laughs> he, too, too soon. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Just um, and you can tell you know, she's, you know, she's in no state of mind for this no. whatsoever, and it's just it's heartbreaking. And there are close-ups on and off throughout the interview. They they keep closing closing up on her, and it's just it just feels terrible. And yeah. it, it is terrible. Terrible, but the show must go on, I guess. Yeah. And I guess you should expose parts of the show that are lost. In reality, wow. okay. Anyhow, welcome back to the war zone. Yeah, woo, yeah. Fun, fun wrestle times. Jerry and Jr. have some sentiments though, and uh, Jerry looks so sad. Yeah, and I actually shed a tear during this because you can tell the heart, the hurt in Jerry's face. Yeah, and reaction. Yeah, he Absolutely. knew Brian Pillman. Yeah. Um, then we have the fucking Hardy Boys in the ring. Awesome. The We're Hardys. gonna get to see. Matt and Jeff, the Hardy Boys. Yes. Woo. All right. They're going to go in this tag match against the Truth Commission. Hold on. It Kane. My notes say It Kane. It Kane. Yes. It Kane. It Kane. Ah, Kane comes out. Double choke slam with ease. So brutal. And I loved Kane. Yeah. Uh, Matt is thrown out like a little baby. And then Jeff Hardy hits rock bottom for the first time in his life. Yeah. Without the drugs. <laughs> But onto the railing. And the Hardys lay there on the ramp. Broken. Broken. Mm. Paul Bear is in the ring with Kane. And on the mic says, everyone laugh at me. Laugh at the fat man. I've tried to go back to the Undertaker, but he wouldn't take me back. He fired me. It's kind of like Trump's administration. Yeah. He he slapped me around. He called me a liar. He fired me. Yeah, that's that's Trump's administration. (laughs) Uh, this is the Undertaker's little brother, Kane, and that amazing mask that they have for him too. So cool! Wow, and contact. My 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 notes blew up again. I got on caps locks, but the contact is awesome. Um, Undertaker looks at his eye. It's your fault. Uh, he's been hiding for twenty years, and this is your stop sign on the highway to eternity, not to hell, yeah. to eternity. And Kane will destroy all the WWF superstars until they reach the Undertaker. And Kane's music's hit. Music. Kane's music hits. This is awesome. 
Encore tomorrow night for that pay-per-view. Don't want to miss it. Yep. Uh, Witness the arrival of Kane in the awesome Hell in the Cell. Back from a commercial, and we recap the Kane incident that just happened with the Hardy Boys. Triple H comes out with China. Bret Hart out alone with the flag and title. So the champion, not even getting featured like as the champion, he's just out. Like, this is it. Yeah. Continued burial. Yeah. And JR kind of mentions Brett running off Diesel and Ramon. And King asks Vince to elaborate on the expansion comments by Triple, like, by HBK. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. Doesn't really answer. Interesting, though. Yeah. Interesting that they bring this up. That, yeah, I mean, because you don't think they would do that without Vince giving them the go-ahead. So, yeah. It's weird. Yeah, weird that they would bring it up. Maybe mind games. Yeah. Bret Hart and Triple H start off hot and heavy. And uh, I give this match a 4 out of 10. (laughs) Bret Hart plays the hits in this match, as Triple H would grow to do as well. So hate on him. He must do as later. Uh, JR says that folks and Canadian fans do appreciate Bret Hart. He is a hero to them. Thank you. Thank you. And he says that Triple H, yeah, he's cool. He's got his daddy's car, a Letterman jacket. And Vince says, it's HBK's influence on Triple H, or does it seem it's Triple H's influence on HBK? That's what I meant to bring up earlier. Yeah. Sorry. But yeah. And you speak of the devil, it's HBK. He's coming right out. And he does that nose spot where he... uh, Crinkles the Canadian flag and shoves it in his nose and oh. acts like he's attached to the flag. Yep, yep. This Gets deep, deep up there. Yep. Back from commercial and Triple H in control of the match. He suplex Hart, then covers one, two, no. We get an atomic drop and pose and celebrates with HBK. And then hammers on Bret Hart in the corner and then a sleeper hold. This is very entertaining, Triple H. Uh, we get a reverse backdrop from Hart. Atomic drop and a clothesline from Hart to Triple H. Then a backbreaker. Owen ringside. That's my brother, and he's the WWF champion. I love it. I love how he's yeah. like just, yeah. Thanks, Owen. That's my my brother. Yeah, All like loved it. my brother, Brett. <laughs> and Brett off his patented middle rope, and he goes, uh, and he gets a boot from Triple H. And JR says, maybe that was too predictable from Bret Hart. And that's what gives uh, Bret Hart a bad rap. He's too predictable. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Really hammering it home. Yeah. Triple H takes control and then a deep DDT to Triple H. Uh, from Triple H to Bret Hart. One, two, no. Headbutts from Triple H to Bret Hart. Uh, this is interesting to see uh, Triple H look for the next move to go to and just kind of hammer some some headbutts instead. Yeah. Uh, swings Brett into the ropes and an elbow from Triple H. Interesting again. Then some punches, swings again, and a kick from Bret Hart to Triple H, and then a sharpshooter applied. China stretched the ropes out to Triple H, so he grabs the ropes and we get a rope break. Bret Hart grabs Triple H into the post, and China hits Bret Hart, and then Bret Hart catches a punch after that, he gets hit by China first. Yeah. And then he, like, kind of just deflects Doesn't it. Doesn't sell, yeah. She punches again, and uh, he catches it, and Triple H hits Bret Hart with a sweet chin music. Wow. And Triple H is back in the ring, and Triple H um, wins the match against Bret Hart via countout. This is interesting. 
gets a win over the champion. Yeah. Um, this is like uh, Curtis Axel beating uh, Triple, Triple H via count out. <laughs> Forgot about that. What a hmm. fucking mess that was. It's always in his head. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to build your career like I built mine. Uh, An account out victory. Yeah. Bret Hart sells the kick on the outside, and then we get a recap of everything, and we go right off the air. That's it. That's, That's it. it, folks. And we're on the road to Montreal. Yeah. It's uh, the Hart Foundation and this click, the new click. Uh, still don't have an official name yet, but uh, we're, we're, we're on the, the road to Survivor Series. Gang rules rules yeah we're gonna see what happens and stone cold's gonna be there too yeah so interesting enough All a lot of these clues. a lot of these uh things are falling into place so uh any any final thoughts um just a, a sad sad time with uh you know with in the wake of uh brian pillman's death and you know a lot going on with the storyline um but yeah it just keeps going back to that sense of you know to that you know sense of reality that hits every time you know Pillman gets brought up um it's got to be hard for uh for the the Hart Foundation guys to to come out you know or the whole locker room really um you show up to work and one of your coworkers is gone but beyond that i mean we're heating up Montreal is right around the corner um it's an exciting time yeah this is going to be awesome this yeah. is uh the lead in and before we go can you read this excerpt from Bret Hart's book totally. um, and then we'll we'll leave you guys alright October 5th 1997 I took my time getting to the building in St. Louis that Sunday afternoon and arrived well rested for in your house when the agents when the agents realized that Brian Pillman hadn't arrived with me they started calling around looking for him he was soon found dead of a suspected overdose in his room at the uh, budget tell in Bloomington Minnesota Brian was a good friend, a brother among brothers, and we shared a special bond. Just the night before, I remember Brian leaning back in his chair in the dressing room in St. Paul, his arms crossed, beaming at me with a sparkle in his eye. Even though we had just been talking about how much we he distrusted Sean and the clique and how he had, he was worried for about his future, I gave him a friendly pat on, on the chest and told him, Don't worry, Brian. And we both broke into big smiles. That's how I'll always remember Brian Pillman. All too quickly after we heard the news, it was business as usual, with everyone hurriedly putting together matches uh, for the pay-per-view. Vader, who was out, who was the only trying to make the best of it, said, let's not worry about it right now. Let's concentrate on the match. I wanted to blast Leon and say, no, let's worry about Brian instead of the fucking match. That night was a blur as I worked with Davy Boy against the ill-conceived team of Vader and the Patriot. When the fans turned to see the live when the fans tuned in to see the live raw from Kansas City the next day, before the opening sequence even ran, Vince was in the ring announcing Brian's death as all the boys broke character to stand together at the top of the ramp, breaking kayfabe in solidarity for a fallen comrade for the duration of a stirring ten bell salute. Rude, Owen, Davey, Jim, and I sadly bowed our heads. There was only two wrestlers who didn't come out, Sean and Hunter. All, <clears throat> all that day I'd been uncomfortable. Sean, was, Sean said he had wanted me to denounce him and Hunter as homos, but I worried it would only lead to more tension between us. Since both of them were part of the booking committee, I did, I did as I was told. But I don't want you to say that kind of crap about me, I warned Sean. 
The night deteriorated into a lame story, into a lame storyline with Sean and Hunter taking shots at me while I stupidly led the Hart Foundation in search of them everywhere in the building, never finding them. Duh. I watched the monitor backstage as Vince posed probing questions to Melanie Pillman, Brian's pretty young, clearly distraught wife, live via satellite from her living room. She said to the camera, it's a wake up call. Your husband could be next. He lived for this business and died for this business. I hope no one else has to die. Owen and I have felt sorry, felt so sorry for her. The whole thing struck us as a ratings ploy, exploiting the poor girl's misery for the, for, for all the world to see as if suddenly WWF had turned into the Jerry Springer show. Things only got worse the next day. The camera came into the into the dressing room in Topeka to allow the fans to see Sean pulling down his trunks and mooning them on the big screen as and then kissing Hunter on the lips. Sean, Hunter, and even China pointed at one another's crotches and told everyone, suck it. Hunter Hunter called out to me in the first glimpse I had had, had of his obsession with his own penis. I'm bigger than you. I'm better than you in more ways than one. Sean then looked in, in amazement at Hunter's fly and winced in the, as he exclaimed, Good God, you're going to put an eye out with that thing. The dressing room was full of grieving, confused wrestlers, all wondering where the business was going. As I drove back to Kansas City after the show, I looked up at, the, at a stunning autumn sunset and wondered what any of these antics had to do with wrestling. I also wondered why Sean seemed to have such a hold on Vince. More and more, more and more air was devoted to sleazy soap opera as as the artistry of the great work faded from the collective consciousness of all of the fans. Vince used to be Vince used to be the biggest fan of all. He had a passion for the technicians, a love for characters, and a deep appreciation for storytellers. I couldn't fathom how he could be the be the one encouraging the sabotage of what he and the old school boys and even long-term time fans held so dear. I felt like I've been taught, I've been tossed in the air and hadn't landed yet out of control and totally blind to what lay ahead because I was an independent contractor. My living depended on not just the talent, but on reputation, remembering what Vince had done with Hulk and others. I felt a stance. I felt a sense of foreboding. Vince was about to tear me down, destroying my credibility and marketability. I never understood how he could be so disloyal, disloyal when, whenever he parted ways for, with those he, who had sacrificed so much for him and his business. But, Vince, but for Vince, loyalty was almost always a one-way street. My heart kept going back to Brian, 35 years old and with five kids. He went to sleep not knowing that his wife had just found out that she was pregnant again. Flying Brian was flying with the angels now. I recited the Lord's Prayer to an orange Kansas City sky, adding a plea for myself. God, I'll probably never be here again. Please let me go home in one piece. Unfortunately, he would be, he would be back there. Yeah, interesting. <sighs> and uh, deep right there. That is, uh, it's crazy because he does really put it, uh, this is the, the change in the business man yeah this is where wwf picks up um mentality of uh if we can work with it then we'll work with it if not then it's not going to be in our program uh then they all of a sudden include this in the storyline but it's actually yeah. real um yeah. it's this it this is continued to this day 
And I think this is the groundbreaking moment to where they start to introduce this more and more. Definitely. Um, and it's unfortunate that it had to come with the death of Brian Pillman. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that, that's it. That's where we're ending. Sorry on a sad note, but, um, yeah, it's a sad time. I mean, Brian Pillman, uh, if if not for that car accident, I think would have been one of the top names of the Attitude Era without question. Agreed. Um, but he wrestled the last part of his career in constant pain, and uh, his heart gave out on him. Mm-hmm. Tragic. 20 years ago. Yeah. Crazy. Rest in peace. Um, so that's it, folks. That's where we're at right now. Um, we got about... <sighs> 10 more episodes of Raw that we're going to cover yep. over the next couple of weeks into a month. Um, we have five more episodes for our season for us. The next episode, we're going to cover Raw 229, Raw 230, Raw 231, leading us to October 27th. Then, in the following episode, will be the epic Survivor Series. Yes. The go-home show for Raw before and the fallout after. But uh, this is the origin of Attitude. This is all leading up to what happens now in this industry. This is what started everything. These are the key highlight moments. This is it. We're covering it all right here. Yep. And you can find Jimmy on the Twitter at Jimmy underscore price. Yep. You can find us on Facebook or write into us at Retromania Podcast at gmail.com or Facebook at Retromania with a W. Um, as always, all of our other podcasts are on Molehole Radio. We have some bonus episodes up where we talk to some guess about their favorite matches yep. so far we've only had favorite not so not the most hated to get but we'll get there eventually. yeah definitely <laughs> so uh we'll continue on yeah. thanks for listening thanks guys all right Soy de Puerto Rico como ella no es más rica. <tose>